the frying pan. And into the fire. Run. Run! Hello and welcome to episode 14 of Out of the Frying Pan, a Middle-earth strategy battle game podcast that's more popular than a statue of Saruman in the Fourth Age. Hello, Dan. How's it going? <laughs> Ooh, political. <laughs> oh, good, good. Um, wasn't expecting that one again. Uh, we, <laughs> as we're speaking, it is uh, Friday the 12th, not the 13th of uh, June. Uh, a bit of an impromptu record here, which is pretty cool, but um, I just literally flicked to the top of our notes and thought, I don't even know what this show's called. But you've, you've just gone for it. You've gone in there and I love it. Yeah, I'm all good. How about yourself? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. We could, we've kind of been recording this over the space of a week, haven't we? We did Deathmatch. Yeah, we were spoiling it. Let's spoil it. Let's spoil all of the, all of the, uh, the, the mystique from, from the way we record, but we, we did Deathmatch the There's other no day. in this anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got some new equipment to record on, shall we say. I've got a new um, computer, so I wanted to make sure the settings were right so we recorded we had a chat the other day and recorded deathmatch and we recorded our interview already a couple of nights ago um so it's kind of filling out the rest of the show and um we were planning on watching the the it's it's, it's, a, it's a saturday night saturday, friday night and we were planning on watching the the uh the, the battle streams in middle earth but they're not doing it this this week so um we we were thought wow well, why don't we just why don't we log on and uh record the bits of the show that we haven't had time for so that's that's it really Anyway, that's really boring. Shall I, shall I tell everyone what we've got coming up? So, absolutely, we have the usual many meetings when Dan and I are just going to sort of chat about what we've been up to for the last two weeks. If you've listened to us before, you're very, very familiar um, with that format and general natter and chat about the world of Middle Earth at the moment. Um, and then for our main topic of the Council of Elrond, we have Steve and Ben from Top Table Gaming on. And we had a really good chat with them the other day. Hope you enjoy the interview. It's quite a long interview for us. It's quite wide ranging. Um, and uh, yeah, we've, we covered a lot of things. So it was a really good chat. And I'm sure you will enjoy it. Um, we have a heroic death match coming up. Um, so I'll, I'll leave that for you to all enjoy later. Um, and that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it, he says. I think this show is going to be a long one. Right. Let's go for a break now. When we come back, we will go to many meetings. Incom Gaming, the new centre for tabletop wargaming in Gloucestershire. Visit incomgaming.co.uk for great savings on pre-orders and all your hobby needs. We stock many gaming systems and hobby accessories and can ship to anywhere in the UK market-leading gaming mats from gamemats.eu. Visit the store and check out how to turn your tabletop into a battlefield. Incom Gaming is based in the centre of Cheltenham and offers tables and scenery for casual and organised play with a fully licensed bar. Check out our events page for upcoming events where everyone is welcome. Visit incomgaming.co.uk. Incom Gaming. Come game, shop, drink. Welcome back, and it's time for many meetings. So, Dan, why don't you start us off? What have you been up to since we last recorded? Well, it's uh, it's been a busy hobby time. Um, I'm still furloughed, don't mind admitting that. So, other than, uh, you know, playing Call of Duty, there's not an awful lot I've been able to do. <laughs> so I've been doing quite a lot of hobby, um, but not all of it, unfortunately, has been. Uh, um, with certain parts of GW still being closed, Forge World and uh, some resin and metal production as we speak. I haven't been able to get hold of some new models. So um, there was that 
that does somewhat limit me. Um, so I've been looking at some of the stuff I've already got. I um, have painted Thrandril on foot in the last uh, week or so since we recorded. Um, that was for the 24-hour challenge that uh, you challenged me to. So a couple of days afterwards, because just to recap this for anyone who wasn't aware, um, the challenge is to paint a Middle-earth model within a 24-hour period within seven days of being challenged. So a couple of days after you, uh, you challenged me, I uh, completed a Thrandril on foot. He is available for people to see in our social media channels. I think I posted it to uh, the Facebook page and then shared that to the group and a couple of the other Facebook groups, and it's on our Instagram as well. And awesome he is too. If you follow me there. He's come out all right. Um, quite a challenging model in some respects because there's a lot of black on him. Uh-huh. Um, so trying to give that you know a nice tone um, while not overwhelming it or not making him look grey or blue, it's always a bit of a, a challenge, um, particularly on a model of this scale because he is quite slight. Um, but it was really, really good fun. And I did enjoy painting him. I did put together uh, his mounted version, the on horse, not the elk. Uh, which I did start on the last uh, Bass Streams in Middle-earth uh, with uh, Damien and Steve. But I did get a bit distracted because I've made no bones about it. I really, really hate horses, like <laughs> painting them. I hate painting horses. It's, they're not fun. Ever since the days, ever since the days of Fantasy Battle, it, it's, they're, my, they're my kryptonite, my absolute nemesis for painting, um, even with airbrushes and better paints and everything these days there's something about painting horses i just really don't get on with i could do it don't get me wrong it's just it's never a pleasurable experience much like Whether drawing that's... them i think i think they're just challenging for people in in general um like i'm glad i'm glad i can do most of it with airbrushing with them but the yeah, others they're finishing them off if you want to merely make them look good and put markings on them as well that can be a faff um but yeah i'm i'm with you there not fun well, the problem as well is um probably end up having to paint some Merkwood Cavalry as well. <laughs> yeah, there's still um four Galadrim knights uh, sitting in a box waiting for some love, but the chance of them getting love anytime soon is pretty slim because, you know, life's hard enough at the moment. Um, so, yeah, I, I've been doing a little bit here and there. Um, I did nominate Ben Taylor after finishing my 24-hour challenge, and he responded and uh, did a couple of polls on Instagram to get people to help him choose which member of the fellowship to paint. He painted Boromir. He looks good. I mentioned him on the last show. I promise this isn't just me cheerleading, Ben. Um, but, uh, you know, I like to challenge him and uh, he's my main compatriot for Lord of the Rings related stuff in uh, Peterborough. Features when, a bit more. Well, you're going to have him on soon, aren't we? That's the plan. We're going to have him on. We've got a discussion yeah. around um, getting getting young younger people into to the game, and he he plays with his son. So um, something that I've been trying to work on with my son. So that might be coming in the next episode of All Plans Go Go Well. So with yeah. the, the listeners will get to I say meet him, but you know listen to him, so to speak. Well, yeah, we had to get him in because un- unless I can teach my cat to play I don't have much to add to that conversation <laughs> <laughs> yes. and I, I, she doesn't seem the type to be honest with you um, she's more of a furry battle titan than a middle earth player to be honest with you um, so yeah I've, I've been up to bits and pieces I've still been in, deeply engrossed in the, uh, the middle earth hobby um, obviously watching bass streams in middle earth uh, not only the uh, previous one where I was watching them when they did Gandalf, but I watched the the horse episode. That's why I 
TikTok finder are one of the reasons. And aside from arguing about chocolate for about the first <laughs> 90 minutes, I'd say. <laughs> Not to do it down, that one was immense amount of fun. Um, lots of good quizzing uh, as well on there, which I always enjoy. So I've been doing painting as well for other things, just to touch on it. I've been working on bits for the new edition of WAM 40,000, first 40k army in a decade, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, plus uh, an ambot for Necromunda, because who doesn't love an ambot? Uh, for those who don't know, then I would definitely suggest you go and look, because they're just pretty cool models to go and look at. They are fun models, the middle for sure. Um, yeah, so, and then the other bits I've needed have started turning up. So paints for Mordor bits. Um, I'm still waiting for Forge Rods to open for my Dolgodor. Uh, as soon as that opens, I will be getting hold of the nine and uh, metals and resin so I can get my uh, Sauron slash Necromancer model off the ground. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm back to it, really. It was A lot of it was waiting on materials and then waiting on models as well. But I've got bits to dabble in here and there. I'm going to try and finish off uh, Mounted Thrandra in the coming week. So uh, that's me. How about yourself? Um, quite a bit again as usual I think I finished the battle company um, so that's all been up on social media for the last couple of days now so I I painted the last two which were, oh, I don't know how much I'd done when we last recorded I think I'd done both elves if not I've, I'd done the, the the remaining elf on the on the last two which were the, the human rangers um, so they're done now um, sitting on the shelf when they'll get a game or not who knows but it's something I've wanted to do for a while and they were sort of planned them last year when the book came out so it's nice to have something finished and ready to move on to the next project um, what did I, I acquired via online a, um, a complete Battle Games in Middle Earth collection. So um, it's something I never collected at the time when they came out, um, as we've discussed before on, um, on sort of earlier shows. I wasn't gaming that period. I was watching the films, and while I bought the original set, I didn't really play with it. And I definitely wasn't picking up those magazines. No, I can't speak magazines at the time. Um, but with all the chatter on the the YouTube streams and. Um, Lockie's YouTube stream on it, and and Andrew Cox on his. He's been doing the, the scenery on on Beer Clipper. I, you're sort of in my face all the time, and they look really good. So I thought oh, I want to keep a lookout for them, and if I can get them as a bargain, I will do. And I did. So I've got a complete set, including the sort of the three special editions and all the binders, etc. So they're now sitting on my shelf, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm quite one for uh, collecting some of the older books and things and looking at previous editions. I already have a few, and I've got a few more on the way. So that may well grow over the coming months as I start to kind of <laughs> delve back into the Middle Earth I've been missing, um, even just as a resource for um, to sort of for painting and modelling and for scenarios because there were so many scenarios about over the years um that's one one of the reasons i'm looking forward to this best of white dwarf when it when it finally comes out um i've started properly painting helms deep um i was going to airbrush it all and i looked at it and thought this is going to go through quite a few pots of paint um so i bought some acrylic uh cans spray cans rattle cans artist ones from, from via amazon and just got a bit of a base color down um just to give a bit of an undertone so that's been done now so i'm ready to bring it inside now um and start to work on it properly really so i've got lots of ink to airbrush on actually bought some um 
artist ink because again i thought i'd go through washes and and scale 75 inks a bit too quickly with the amount i'm going to need so i bought some artist oh, ink as yeah, well especially that money which one did you buy um, uh, windsor's or i've got one windsor just a, is a it's a black and what else did i buy i'm trying to see if it's in sight of me at the moment without getting up and moving around too much and i can't see it and i can't think of the name off the top of my head um but anyway, um, I've got a sort of a, a brownish colour one as well. I can't remember which, I think it was something umber. I can't remember which exact one I went for. But um, just to just to help with some of the some of the kind of bulk of the painting, really, so that I don't diminish my um, my paints too much by doing it. So I'm kind of ready to bring it upstairs. We've um, we've unrelated, but um, we've hired a skip to clear out our garage because my wife's got a, a treadmill on the way. She's ordered a big treadmill. Um, so my, um, I'm going to save Helms Deep from the garage just in case she accidentally throws it in the skip out the back. Uh, so I'm going to bring that up, bring it up to the office. Um, and once it's up here on the table, then then it will be there for when I do have a spare bit of time to crack the airbrush out and actually start painting it because that probably won't take too long when I get going. And then it'll be done and finally ticked off and, and sorted. I still hope to get that done this month um, and have it all sort of put to bed, so to speak. Um, what else? I picked up some new paintbrushes, and it's a bizarre thing to talk about, but there are some painters that listen to us. First time ever, I've bought some broken toe brushes. Um, I usually use Rosemary and Co. Um, Kalinsky Sabre ones of Series 33, and they're great, really, really good. Yes. Generally, what I use or Winter Newton Series Sevens for me, but um, I've kept on looking at Broken Toads. Yeah, so. uh, Broken. I've, I've only used Winter Newton once, I think, and they're, they're fine, but they're very expensive for what they are, and I don't. I didn't really think the extra expense was was warranted. The very very slight improvement on on Rosemary and Co. I've never used the Artist Opus ones, but you know I've, I think I might have mentioned before. I think they're made. I might be wrong, but I've heard they're made by Rosemary and Co. Anyway, obviously the handles are completely different, etc. And I've never heard bad things about Broken Toad. And they kind of they were going to stop making brushes because they couldn't get the couldn't get the the, the spec they made they wanted. And then they found something new and brought out the Mark III. Um, they're quite well hidden on their website, it was bizarrely. So you go there and it looks like they're out of stock, but then I realised they were all what they had remaining of, of Mark 1 and Mark 2. Um, but then you click a couple more links and suddenly you find yourself with all the full ranges. So I just bought this, the standard starter box um, and you get four brushes in there. It's 40 quid. You get a two, a one. Exactly, it's really good. 40 quid, a two, a one, a zero, and, and a three stroke naught. So... Um, and they're, they're really, really good. Um, the two's excellent. It's so chunky, um, so you can hold a lot of paint, even though it goes to a, a good point. Um, I know people say you can paint eyes with the right point on a number two brush or something. I, I don't bother doing that. That's why I've got the smaller brushes for. It's pointless. But I have to, I have to admit, I do do eyes with the you two. Can, you can do it, but you'll, you'll find people kind of almost boast about it, and you're like, well, what's the point? You might as well just use... The smaller brushes. Oh, great. Um, as long um, as you've got your bristles are thick enough to um, hold enough paint. Some of the GW ones were look like they were just a single, a single <laughs> strand of hair. Aren't any good. You do need enough bristles to hold paint. But the the two is really chunky. I've been very impressed with it. Really good for base coating. I've not used the one yet. If I'm honest with you, I've been using the two and the and the naught mainly. Um, and I'm saving the the, the three naught for for eyes essentially um but i'm really impressed with them they're probably the best i've used i wouldn't say they're the best brushes out there because i've not used all the brushes out there um and i still recommend rosemary and co very very good but because the price difference isn't that much um 
I yeah, I would. I I I definitely like the broken toads. I might pick up some more rosemary and co. Um, to help with the bulk of work because I paint so much and keep the broken toads for um less messier stuff. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But um, I'm 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 liking them so far and enjoying painting with them. Um, and then what else have I done? Not so far than that, can you? No, ex- exactly. I'm very happy with the money I've spent on them, and they um they definitely make painting easier, which is what you should feel. You should notice the difference when you get good ones. Um, I've ordered the cards I was missing. They went on pre-order. In fact, I've had my dispatch notice today, so hopefully they'll arrive tomorrow. Um, so the free people set that I missed out on last time that Sam kindly sort of sold me everything but the fellowship cards in it so I really wanted the fellowship cards so I've ordered them I will take the fellowship cards out of them put them in my box and then I'll have all the rest left over so I'll be selling them off so if anyone's listened to this and wants any particular factions out of that give me a shout and if I haven't Which already sold them are in there? off the top of my head I can't remember now um, okay. we'll, um, we'll, we'll well, we, talk, may, we may talk we'll talk about that later and see if there's any you want you, you're more than welcome to them um, because yeah there'll be extra um, I don't know if they've sold out again or not yet but um, I haven't looked back on the website but um, I remember I set, a, I set a reminder remember to do it um, and then what else have I done I dug out my fellowship my metal fellowship I've had for years I thought it was about time that I got them ready for painting with the Quest of the Ringbearer coming out um i got a one of the the display and base things that, that you could buy when through battle games in middle earth you see them knocking around on ebay all the time i finally all got one um i thought i really want this to go on the shelf wanted it for ages got it and that's going to be my next kind of um treat job so i'm going to paint them a bit like i did with my um battle company so when i got a spare evening pick one up and try and paint them i might do similar kind of standard as i've i've, I've done for the the battle company actually um because i like while i like the sculpts they're not kind of forge world masterclass sculpts they're original metal sculpts they're nice but i think little sort of two three four hour paint jobs is more than enough to make them look good and they are going to be for gaming so rather than kind of turn them into this all kind of fellowship finally going to paint them spend a two days on each model kind of thing i thought well i haven't got time for that so let's get them painted so i might try and make them again into sort of two three hour relatively speed paints on them um so about the same standard as the battle company that's my plan anyway um and i built aldor and Haleth today because i thought the stream the battle streams thing was going to be on so i was going to make a start on those tonight but i'll probably save those to next friday but i painted something else today i um i I painted the nine, so I I found the nine on eBay. Just casually, just casually. Just casually. I didn't mean to. <laughs> I kind of happened by accident. So I found them on eBay, and I thought that's quite. I found them for a bargain. I thought all on foot. This is not the, not the um, not the mounted versions, but the the Witch Kings in metal. The rest are all the fine cast ones. Um, they were a good price, and I thought I could do with them for scenario play. Don't have them at all. It should be easy and quick to paint up. So oh, I'll just buy them, and I uh, clean them up. Um, prime them along with the fellowship and uh, um aldor and halath today in my lunch break and then i kind of did a bit more work and i thought well i'm going to zenithal the fellowship and zenithal aldor and, and aldor and halath ready for painting later and i thought well while i've got the airbrush out i'll just do the do the basic gray highlights on them and i did that and i thought there's not a lot more to do so i <laughs> did a few more highlights with a with a cheeky kind of makeup brush um um dry brushing um glazed it back i thought well 
there's, there's not much more to do really I'll um, paint the metals in <laughs> did the bases and they ended up taking about three hours to paint the nine in total that's from including priming so so they're now on the shelf um, I've posted pictures up tonight as well so again people will have seen that on the social media already but so from I think when we first started writing the show notes um, at the beginning of the week I hadn't really done lots the first time I thought well, I've not done lots and then since then I've painted some more in Hell's Deep as I said and uh, um, prepped some models and, and painted the nine so in the end it's another kind of fairly um, fairly good hobby hobby fortnight um, and cracking on with the Middle Earth collection <laughs> but, yeah, I've just uh, I've just uh, gone on and seen those because after I've had me uh, my head at the chopping block um, today doing some bits of hobby and stuff so I haven't seen them come up yet they they are looking good those yeah it's, it's simple yeah. really simple I've not gone in with it with the the brush and did sort of edge highlight and I've used the dry brushing for that but if you do that right you can hit only the edges anyway um, you know it's uh, they are gaming standard um, but then they're old sculpts they are fine cast a lot of them they're not you'd, ha- you'd have to <laughs> yeah, work very they're not, very they're not too bad you'd have to work very very hard to make them like high end and i thought well i don't i'm quite happy just to make them look good on the table and make the bases look good and and that just it just shows you once you base a model and get them on the tabletop it can look quite good anyway so i'm happy with them as a as a shelf army it's not something i'm going to be taking to events it's um therefore the collection so i can start playing narratives and areas which i keep banging on about that i really want to over the next sort of year or two is build up um a core of most of the things that are in the film because i really want to work through be able to play the narrative scenarios when when they come up and at the moment i'm not really able to do that and hence the fellowship as well but yeah i'm happy with them it's nice if it's a nice nice to start and complete something in a day like that so yeah that's it really you have to make an amazon soul now aren't you uh, i would love one um, I'd love the four twelve one. I don't think I can justify that cost. Um, I'm still kicking myself. I got I got uh, I got offered one of those many years ago, and I didn't take it because I, well, I had no interest in playing the game at the time, and oh. I was heavily burnt out on uh, hobby in general at that point. <laughs> too, ex ex staffer. Uh, I wish I'd taken it. It's beautiful. I really wish. Oh, it's really beautiful. <laughs> I love it, and it would. And I do. I want to play that scenario, so I'm going to need to do something. So I either make one out of foam, um, following there's there's a couple of build guides. There's one in the Battle Games to Middle Earth actually, which is not bad. Um, that's time. Um, I look at um, 3D tabletop, speak to Sean, and so I think at some point he had has 3D printed one. Um, so I don't know if he's still got the access to the files for that. That's a possibility, depending on again balancing off the cost versus time and all those other things. Um, if I make one, I can make it slightly bigger than the Forge World one, which might mean it's can use it in as a centerpiece on a tournament table as well. So it gives me another tournament table, especially as I've increased the size of Flotsam and Jetsam by two tables um, because of the delay. Whether that still goes ahead in October, we yet to see. But if it doesn't, it will next year, and I will keep those increased sizes. So I will need to do a couple more tables. So there's 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 other options for that. Um, so, but yeah, I definitely would like one. But we shall see. Um, before we go, I think I just made a note here because we were talking about something the other day and I thought it'd be interesting to just sort of talk about as a bit of an extension of this segment is that we're looking at some of the changes with, with 40k Ninth Age, which is a bit bizarre thing to talk about on a Middle Earth podcast. But they're changing the the size of the gaming table, aren't they? 
Um, yeah, the playing surface has dramatically changed, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's a minimum size, so they're not saying that you have to do this. Mm. But I thought it was quite an interesting topic. Um, so I will, for those of you who don't follow 40k at all, I'll just sort of, I've, I've screenshot a little picture in, but basically you've got battlefields, you've got battlefield size, and you've got combat control, um, in, patrol incursion. I don't know what size that is in points. That's but... equivalent to roughly... 250 to 300 in middle earth term cool that's um that's about 500 or so in 40k okay i think basically what you'd be looking at is if um you're looking at roughly because 2000 points is the established size at the moment for a lot of 40k gaming and obviously that's for throwing the skulls and we do a thousand points for middle earth yeah so pretty much if you sort of double it is what mm, you or you okay. need if, if you halved it to get to the middle earth yeah. Area you're looking about 250, 300 point. And okay. you've got Strike Force, which is, you know, heading on towards that six, seven hundred mark. And you've got a thousand for Onslaught. Right. A thousand plus. Right. Okay. For us. So they're the, they're the three sizes. And they're all 44 inch. Um, um, yeah, in depth. In depth. And then you've got so I'm 44 inch by 30 inch, 44 inch by 60 inch, and 44 inch by 90 inch. So what you're looking there is. What's the largest is that? It's 90 inches out, like five and a half foot or something like that. I should know. Whoop, bang my microphone. Um, Where is this more than that? It's nearly eight feet. Of course it is. Yeah, it's, it's the 60 inches, five, isn't it? So that's slightly different. So it's 44 inches, three foot eight. I should have tested my head yeah. maths. That's bad. Um, is that three foot eight? By the way, it's fairly fairly big. I mean, 90 inch table is. is massive especially if you measure the corner to corner that's that's a fairly substantial sort of area to be uh, gaming across yeah so i'm banging around here so if i can so yeah in terms of yeah, the 90 again i don't think that that'll that'll come in too much but the 60 inches is, is kind of sounds like it's going to be your normal size table isn't it um yes yeah, so, um it's five that's that is exactly um, five, five feet isn't it? um so yeah five foot um so a little bit smaller, and uh, yes, yeah, five foot, is, and forty-four is is yeah, three foot eight. Just shy of four. Um, so yeah. it's slightly smaller, isn't it? Which is interesting. I don't think it's a bad thing. I'm just, but the the point I'm talking about it anyway is that I wonder whether we will potentially see a, a change eventually um, for all of their systems, because I, I can see AOS following suit here. Um, and then will they follow suit with other game systems? And, and what are their what are their motivations around this? I can think of a couple. One would be that maybe the smallest size might fit on more coffee table kind of things, or at least if you've got their boards, because sometimes they have are the kill team boards. Are they cardboard? Are they harder? They are cardboard. Yeah. Um, folded ones come in the starter set. I have no idea how big that is actually. But Possibly make- if someone's listening to this. Get in touch. If measure yours, let us know if you've got one. Well, I've, I don't seen, I've, seen a lot of, I've seen a few comments about that these are like multiples of the board, so maybe you could stick multiple sizes together. I don't know, I could be wrong there. But I do get the impression that maybe the smallest one, you could almost play it on a kill team type board. Maybe you could play it on a coffee table, and it doesn't matter if it overhangs by a few inches because you've got the board, the thickness of the board, so to speak. Um, and then the, the larger sizes are your... I don't know what size the average dining table is. Mine's mine's not quite. Mine's only like just under three foot wide. But maybe there's a lot of dining tables that fit into the five foot by three and a half or three point eight foot size. So maybe they're trying to make these things a little bit easier for people to play 
Oh, That's man. actually not far off my dining table size, actually. I think. Yeah, maybe maybe well, they're thinking about that a little bit, but then maybe they're also thinking about if they start because every every company, how many companies out there make mouse pad mats? Mouse pad mats, um, and it seems to be quite you know it's quite a standard thing when you go to an event these days. People are running them. I've got all mats for my get for my tables. Um, again, I wonder if GW are going to go right. Well, we're going to do it, but we're going to do it on our own size. Um, yes, people will then go out and copy them because they're the biggest miniatures game manufacturer out there. So the the third party companies will will follow. Um, Fantasy is it um, Fantasy Flight Games for Star Wars Legion? I think that's six by three foot that their mats. So that game uses a slightly narrower table. Um, so maybe they're thinking of doing their own thing there with it, and they can bring out their own range of mats. But if they do mats and they're not all 40k branded or AOS branded and they have some generic kind of fantasy style ones and that's the kind of sizes they do I wonder whether we would see this happen in, um, in Middle Earth in the future I think we'd be years off it don't get me wrong it might be a new edition thing in a couple of years time or three four years time depending on how long it takes but um, I just thought it'd be interesting whether if this goes well and it works well and it's partly to do with their marketing their own potentially their own mats and products and gaming tables and things um, especially if they start changing up Warhammer World maybe they can do bigger events if the tables they can squeeze more tables in etc because at some point they're going to I imagine they'll get rid of the mass of those Citadel Realm of Battle Boards because they must be hard to clear and, 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 and pack up and stuff surely it's going to be a lot easier to have new tables built and invested in there at some point and roll out mats and things for events yeah, generally they're left out I think um I think they are at the moment, but they do have to rearrange it quite a lot, don't they? They do move it around. Yeah. Um, I bet you it's a real bitch to do. In fact, I know, well, I used to own one of those battle tables and they're a pain in the butt to move about anyway. So, and I know they use that space. I hate them. They really hate the they look great, but they're horrible to roll dice on and so on and so on. I'm not saying, you know, yeah. again, I'm just guessing here, but I just wondered a world where they thought, well, we can use this space a little bit better and we can maybe squeeze more people in for some bigger events. We clear it out when we do, they do a lot more shows there now, don't they? They do a lot more kind of game, open days, gaming days, and they clearly have to clear all that stuff out of the way each time and it's got to be stored somewhere. Um, maybe if they do bring out a series of their own mats and things not for the whole gaming table because they still have their special display ones but i wondered if they i don't know maybe by changing the game size they could they could bring out their own i think it's a great idea anyway even if you're still running on a six by four table you're gonna have space at the edge to put your cards and, and I'd, I'd like that as well i don't like much like to keep stuff off the table so if i was playing on a on a four by four table and then in a couple of years time the standard game size went from four by four down to um four by three point eight or whatever it was um and you have a few inches each side to, to lay your lay your nice cards out and your dice and things i'll I'd, I'd, I'd I'd be happy with that be interested to know what people I think. like having that hobby space anyway i really really like that yeah um greetings for the warp they um they're in a school so they set up the six by four tables but there's a ready supply of those um you know exam tables yeah little pop-up ones I always pinch one, put it by the side of my table to put, you know, my cup of tea. Yeah, uh, yeah. Got to have a cup of tea. And then, you know, um, dice tray, proof, you know, all of the little bits and pieces that you litter the table and make it look, you know, yeah. ugly. Yeah, I've got one. I, of the, I can't uh, like having clear tables, to be honest with you. I, I really like it. It tells the story better having a 
massive great big uh, Stanley tape measure stuck in the middle of it I don't know if we're in middle earth I, I agree and you've got no choice in a lot of in a lot of gaming systems especially yeah. by using six performing at throwing a skulls you're using six by four tables and there's there's no there's no space, no space. Really. you have to put you have to put your stuff and in certain scenarios you know, you're moving that stuff around again they might not do this they might not like the idea of mats there they might be because they've not seemed to have used any of their previous mats but they do got that mouse pad material and maybe there were these these more normal size and let's face it onslaught's going to be like a, a a non-standard size of game isn't it so i imagine strike force would be what is the equivalent of the six by four so if that's five by three and a bit three and a half um then that does give you to give you a lot of space if you're still using well if you're still using the 6.4 kind of board size then you've got space at the sides and the edges um if you don't you can maybe in each row you can squeeze an extra table in or something who knows but um be quite interesting if they went down that route i've got a six by four um fold out table and the game map ones, well, it's on the way anyway. I pre-ordered it ages ago when they went on a, a new a new run of the new style ones. And and I'm playing all my games on 4x4 mats now, which is great because I've got an extra 2x4 on the edge for what, like what you said, for, for both parties to stick down all their books and counters and things, and it makes the game experience a bit nicer. But anyway, probably not a very interesting thing to talk about, but I just saw it and I thought it would be quite interesting and it wouldn't worry me um, if if they change that in a couple of years time if the 4x4 standard became a 4x3.8 or something like that and then for the bigger games it became um, a 6x3.8 I don't think they'll need to move it up to 90 but um, it'd be interesting as, as a dwarf player I'm all for it <laughs> yeah. I honestly and that's the other that would be really interesting so more people that have been playing for years how much do you think that would mess with the scenarios because we're not I'm not saying using 60 by 44 because I imagine Middle Earth still would stick to four foot wide. Um, but even if it didn't, what would it would it really mess with the scenarios or would it still work? I think it would still work because you're only really losing um, a few inches either side for um, for, the, for, the, for the short sides, if that makes sense. What would become short sides rather than a, than a complete square? I can't think of a scenario when it would mess it up too much. I think it would just still work. But, um, yeah. It's more the um, four inches chopped from the uh, depth of the table. Yeah, that's what I was meaning. But I don't think. I, but that's yeah, that's not much. I don't. I think it would be. I still think you play the game fine. I really do. Oh yeah. I really don't think it would be a problem. But people might might have to see how it lands with forty k. Really, won't we? Keep our eyes on it. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Let's um, let's go for a break. The hour grows late, and Blandalf Grey Plastic comes seeking my counsel. You are sure of this, Blandalf? Yes, the event is fully painted. It was in the event pack, under my nose the whole time. Yet you did not have the wit to see it. Your love for the Facebook group has slowed your mind. We must join him, Blandalf. The commission painter, we must be fully painted. When did Surly Man the White give in to madness? But I am now Surly Man of many colours. Miniature Realm Studio is a commission painting service. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Or contact us directly at miniaturerealmstudio at gmail.com. You have elected the way of paint. 
and we're back and as promised at the start of the show we have special guests today so please welcome steve and ben from top table gaming how's it going guys very well very well thanks for having us yeah Yeah, thank you very much it's a absolute pleasure to be on well we i think ben we we mentioned this months back when you asked me whether i would be tempted to do a sort of community vlog video for you and i said well we, we want to get you on as well and i had we we had a list of guests in our notes that people would like to get on and you've been on there for a while and it's just been kind of busy really but um yeah definitely really 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 good to have you on so thanks for sort of giving up your time to to come on um so what we're going to do today we're just going to have a bit of a, a rambly chat really um there's no sort of set topic we're going to um get you guys to talk about your own hobby and um and introduce yourselves and and the youtube channel you do and and things like that so the people that may have not have heard of you which is not going to be many because most people listening to us will be more than aware of you but there will be a few that don't um we'll get to know what you guys about and just have a good chat about middle earth which is what, what it should be all about so Awesome. Why don't we get you started? So, Steve, why don't you give us a bit of an introduction to your sort of your gaming history and how you got into Middle Earth gaming? Yeah, no problem. So, um, I mean, I've, I've been over this this story so many times on on our channel. Um, I wasn't a war gamer as as a youth. Um, I didn't get into war gaming until oh, it's got to be fifteen years ago was my first. The first time when my, my my I think it was when Two Towers came out. So was that about fifteen years ago ish, something like that. Um, I've got a, a, a son who's twenty two now, and when he was young, the, the the Lord of the Rings movies were out, and the Battle Games of Middle Earth uh, magazines came out, and he's shown an interest. And um, yeah, I got them for him. And uh, long story short, he grew out of them after a couple of years, and I sort of reverted back to childhood and loved painting them and was on all the One Ring forums and Last Alliance and things like that. Uh, met the GBHL lads, uh, James and Jamie, um, through through the One Ring forums. And then one thing led to another. Next thing, I'm a GBHL host. And then, you know, cutting a lot of corners and not going into too much detail, I end up with uh, Top Table Gaming. And um, it's always been Middle Earth, uh, Lord of the Rings, the Hobbit incarnation now. Um middle earth strategy battle game that has kept me in war gaming and it's only recently that i've started to spread my wings a bit but middle earth is uh where my passion lies and, and the game that's that yeah keeps me interested um so yeah that, that's it really so it's been quite a short journey in reality um even though i'm never off all the facebook groups and off the computer screens on youtube and doing live streams and everything <laughs> you're definitely making it. the most of it now aren't you definitely <laughs> I'm really milking it, yeah. <laughs> you probably have a, a, a less usual sort of sort of journey in, in to people of sort of I'd say our oh, I don't know exactly how old you are, but our um our generation, so to speak. Where my story is probably more typical when you start talking about playing in your your teens and white dwarfs and the under two hundreds and, and things like that. So yours is probably a, a, a more of a different story getting in via via your son and but maybe many people did get in with the with the films and those battle games in, in Middle Earth yeah. um, magazines. It was massive. It was, I mean, those magazines were massive for the system. They, they kind of hit a sweet spot of when they were released, of you know when the hype for the movies was out. Um, I did have, I did have uh, in my teens one Christmas. I did get Hero Quest, uh-huh. which I, pl- I played and enjoyed. But that that was pretty much as far as it went. Um, I did always have like, and I think the problem with me was I did always Hero Quest sort of introduced me to to, to wargaming as such. 
Uh, and I did venture into some games workshop stores in Manchester. And, um, you know, I did have an interest, but, but none of my friends were interested. And that was a massive, <laughs> a massive influence. None of them had any interest. Um, and then I, it kind of just fell by the wayside and I went back to playing football and doing, doing that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I, I, there's not many people who I speak to uh, who, who are gamers or hobbyists yeah. who kind of got into it late like me. Um, Sounds but, yeah, like you were, you were closet there. And there are probably other closet people as well. But yeah. people, I I had a bit of it. I mean, I won't go into detail because I've talked about it on the show loads of times, but I had a big dip in my 20s. I went to uni and I stopped playing. And um, mm. my friends then, I didn't ever share that I used to play. And that was around the time mm. of, uh, well, it was after, sort of, it was bef- started before um, the films came out. But I wasn't gaming at all around that time. And that's why I never picked up sort of bad games in Middle Earth and things. I was mm. aware of it, but I was just, just too busy enjoying my 20s, shall we say. Um, but um, I hear a question. My my um my gateway in. To be honest with you, I was already into fantasy yeah. and stuff uh, and books and other things. But hero quest was amazing. You you when you said you were playing the other day, I've been jealous. I've been trying to find a reasonable priced version on um, eBay for a long time because I much regret getting rid of mine. Yeah, it's a great game. It's a great game. And my two my two girls and even my wife, uh, I got them playing it, and it, we all enjoyed it. We, I sat them down, got them to to paint their hero and I was the uh, the dungeon master and we played through it and it was uh, yeah it was a lot of fun the wife even said that she'd be up for doing it again at, you know another rainy Sunday afternoon so that's, cool. that's a step in the right direction I suppose that is good that is good definitely definitely yeah. what about yourself Ben so how what's your sort of gaming background like so uh, I, I'm not a, a war gamer either um, so I, I kind of got into it at the same roughly the same time as Steve did so with the battle games in Middle Earth um magazines i i used to play quite a lot with um a couple of mates that that i grew up with um and then i think much like you Stu, i went to university and kind of <laughs> stopped playing and had less disposable income um uh, you know wasn't sort of saving my pocket money i was rather than spending it on toy soldiers i was spending it on beer and going out and enjoying myself um but um i had sort of quite a big collection even through uni uh, i'd kind of collect the odd piece here and there so i've got, I've got quite a, a a vast selection of of stuff that i've got from those years which i'm really pleased about now um and then i, I took a, a quite a few years out and then i think it was about four years ago four and a half years ago um i, I just wanted to do something a little bit more creative um in my in my downtime because i found that I was just you know you, you get home and you just sit in front of the tv or you know, you you do something that's a bit kind of mind-numbing, and I wanted to do something a little bit more creative um, and something that I that came to mind and uh, really I remember enjoying a lot was the painting and the hobby side of things. So I, th- I thought, oh, I'll go and find my old models and you know get some paints and things and uh, and, and start hobbying again. Um, and I've not looked back. Uh, so that was about I think about four years ago, something like that. But uh, yeah, absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. It's um I think I I was quite similar when I got back to, back into it. I, I used a bit of an angle to get back into it with the wife at the time, but or the future wife at the time, but I was the same. I needed something different to do as a as a yeah. hobby in the evenings and I, 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 I sort of hankered after painting. As well. Yeah. You know, yeah, 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 definitely. Leaving as well, you know, uh, you know spending uh, you get like a bit of a sense of achievement out of it as well, whereas if you you know, I don't play video games. I know some people do, and they kind of get that sense of achievement out of that. I, it just didn't doesn't do it for me. Whereas, you know, you paint a miniature and you you're dead proud of it, and you kind of sit it on the table. And you think that looks amazing, and I, I've done that. Um, you know, it doesn't happen very often with my painting, but um, 
you know, I think uh, when, when you've done something, then you can see the work that you put in and you've got like something out the other, other end. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've got like, a sense of achievement from it. Yeah, it's really. I've, I'm a big advocate of of hobbies and and what they can do for you in mental health generally. And that doesn't mean you mean to say that you have issues with mental health to start with. You don't need to find a hobby to sort yourself out. It's kind of a. It's just generally really good and wholesome, and um, and that can be get it can be a console gamer for some people. But if definitely if it's something that takes you away from something a little bit the norm, that you can take yourself away to a, a community that might be online that not everyone's aware of. It's nice to have their own little yeah. something special. My wife does something called geocaching um which is basically going on long walks and, and finding things that are hidden um and then logging it online um and it's i won't go any further than that people want to know what it is can go look it up but it's the same as it's the same as wargaming there are facebook groups for it there are forums there yeah. are, you can buy books on it it's not not as big and as expansive in that sense but you can do it all around the world mm-hmm. and it's it's yeah. just hobby is just really wholesome and, and really 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 good and it, it's so especially in, in times like this when you need to bit of an escapism or just stressful day at work even in normal times you want to get home and switch off for a bit picking up the paintbrush is fantastic or if you're not into your painting reading up on some rules and writing a new list there's so many different ways to 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 enjoy the hobby yeah, it just it is just escapism isn't it and it just takes you away from the the normal stresses of work life and general day-to-day life you know whatever whatever your stresses are whether it be work money or just you know yeah the general plodding through the monotony of life you know having a hobby is is a great great way to escape all that yeah i mean it's your war game it seems to provide it on different different levels doesn't it so if you're into lore and things you can read and really kind of mm. lose your lose yourself in that if you like if you're crafty you can do the painty kind of things if you're you're mass brained and and you like the kind of the game side of things the mental challenge there's enough of that in there for you as well you can be a combination of all of them so it's, um, definitely. it's definitely good you, you, you mentioned communities there as well and mm-hmm. I, I honestly don't think that i would have got as invested into uh, middle earth as i am now without the likes of the great british hobbit league mm-hmm. um you know you're when, welcome when i first uh, when i kind of picked it back up um you know i, I thought it was going to be a completely dead game um you know you when you search kind of Lord of the Rings on, on on Facebook back in the day, there were very few groups out there. Yeah, um, and I think it, it it was kind of uh, you know Games Workshop, Games Workshop's little unloved game, I, I guess, and it, it was kind of on its on its bum a little bit um, it, it, compared to some of the other games out there. Um, but the community was absolutely fantastic. It felt like a really close knit community. Yeah, mm. so I think it was probably about maybe two thousand members two and a half thousand members at the time um now obviously you know it's grown massively you know in particular since the new edition that has come there but because it was such a great community and everyone was really supportive um you know and i, I kind of i put a post up just just sort of saying oh you're yeah, a new player you know i'm or i'm a returning player i've got all the things and then loads of people would reach out so steve reached out to me because he was uh, just on the other side of manchester to me um james clark reached out to me you know there was quite a few people that were um very encouraging and uh, and said well you know are, are you just interested in painting or do you want to play games as well so there was i would probably still be just doing a little bit of hobby here and there rather than playing the game and, and attending tournaments and host, helping host tournaments and and that sort of thing as well so it, i think the community has got a lot to i've got a the community to blame i guess for uh, for my involvement in it now 
and, and again that's just fantastic you see that term and i've played lots of different systems over the over my years of gaming and you tend to find there are you can be you're pretty well welcomed into most game systems even the ones that have bad reputations at times which uh, it's a lot of that's unfounded um but the, but the, the 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 middle earth community does seem to be extra friendly if that's possible and i'm not normally a fan mm-hmm. of picking one community over another because i think essentially they're very very similar but it it is it is very much better behaved as well even in if you move i know gbhl is kind of moderated with that in mind but even in the the unmoderated groups it's still better behaved than the unmoderated groups yeah. from from other systems dan and i oh, don't want to go into this into a, a big discussion because it could be i don't want people to get frustrated by it but the statement that that of that GW put out last week um, in relation mm-hmm. to the current things that are going on with Black Lives Matter, I think nearly every other group that I was in, um, there was there were threads that there were absolute um, yeah I'm not going to swear on on this podcast but they were a complete <laughs> SH one T show and there's nothing yeah. there's nothing in the GBHL or even I haven't didn't see anything in the in the um the the, the middle earth rocks one either to be honest with you and it, no, i think no, it just showed I, that people I, I, were just generally very more much more accepting um and and just kind of just I, I got on gonna, with it i was going to mention that and i thought no actually it might it might kind of go down a, a bit of a a, a, a tunnel here <laughs> if we start discussing it. but um but you know yeah as you say the the, the way that different um communities have reacted to it is, is it's chalk and cheese mm-hmm. um, and I, I i genuinely think that a lot of lord, the lord of the rings and the middle earth communities um they come from a very wholesome background you know the middle earth you know the hobbit is is, is a kid's book essentially yep. um you know uh, uh lord of the rings is is kind of about heroes and um you know even you know the the littlest person can make a difference and i think and i think everyone comes into um kind of middle earth and the lord of the rings communities with that in yep. the back of their mind almost yeah, they're yeah. good moral the stories, story aren't they? Is very accepting, isn't it? It's it's it, it's about um, it's Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. They both have very like good moral lessons to learn from. It's it's the it's the age old, you know, good versus bad. You know, sort of um, easy to read, easy to pick up. You know, yep. you've got all the different races on the good side. Um, yeah, it, and and that's the kind of that's the I think that's the kind of the ilk that 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 Lord of the Rings and Hobbit and Middle Earth player is coming from, um, and it is a very accepted. I I've screamed this from the rooftops, and I say it to every, every either new player or player that speaks to me who's thinking of playing. You know, and they're asking about tor- the tournaments, especially like they say, oh no, I don't, I don't know if that's for me. You know, I'm not a very good player. You know, I'd probably get laughed off the table, or people get frustrated with me. And I'm like, look, that uh, that was me not too long ago. And after my very first tournament, um, I soon realised that 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 this community is awesome. And a, a lot of my closest friends now are from the Middle Earth community. Yeah. You know, I probably hang out and speak to to Ben and Jay more than I actually speak to um, your well, life. Yeah, well, we had, we, we had a we had a hashtag, didn't we, when we first started doing live streams? My normal friends, who's called my normal friends, um, I speak to like my, my nerd friends more than my normal friends, um, and I'm probably closer to them now. They probably know more about what's going on in my life right now, mm-hmm. um, and, and that's just, it, it's just because the community is so awesome. Yeah, I, I've not got much experience in other communities. I'm dipping my toe into 40k, 
I've heard a few horror stories. I've been, I've been in one or two groups which have quickly joined and, and left. But a majority <laughs> of them, I'd say 80% of them are fine. You know, uh, people are really um, open uh, to new players and, 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 and like, open to, to giving you their time to help you with questions and things, which yeah. is great. Yes. I think that's something I've found. Um, that's why she made me pull the trigger on the game. It was um, down for a big mm. fantasy game at Warhammer World um, when the Throne Doubles was on last year. Yeah. Yeah. Time, everyone would talk about stuff. No one would mind if you wanted, you know, just come by the table and watch them play and ask them about their models. Mm-hmm. And I pulled the trigger on models then and there. Um, yeah. Is a more varied, more, um, I'd say, friendly. It's definitely yeah. uh, a lot more diversity in the community as part of the uh, Middle Earth community. Yeah, than yeah. any other I've found. I, uh, I've noticed that, and it's it's difficult to discuss without putting your foot in it. But I, it feels like there are more women playing, and it feels like there yeah. are um, more people that associate with with different genders and things. And I'll probably put my foot in it by describing it wrong. Then, so apologies to anyone that I have. Mm. But it, it doesn't matter. And it feels like yeah. it doesn't matter, and it shouldn't matter. It doesn't matter, and it shouldn't matter, kind of thing. And it just, it just feels different uh, as a community than, yeah. than 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 some of the others I've been in, where you just don't, you do see the, the the typical kind of gamer. And there's nothing wrong with that either. Yeah. But you, that's that's what you yeah. you see when you walk into a room, and um, it's noticeably yeah. different. And I think I find yeah, it really you get refreshing. Of, you get a bit of everything. Yeah, I I, I know, uh, and, and to an extent, I'm I'm probably I'm probably a bit like that now. I know people who play this game. Who were just fans of Middle Earth, like mm. yeah. the world, you know, Tolkien's world, Middle Earth, rather than the game. Like the game is, ve- is, it's not even secondary. It's like way down the pecking order of yeah. priorities. They, they 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 play, they go to tournaments to play the game just to be immersed in the and, world and, chat, and, and chat be, people who are kind yeah, of people who can have them conversations about Middle Earth and about the characters and you know the lore and it's great. It's, I'd recommend it to anybody, even even and like you say, uh, Stu, there is you know players who are players, yeah, and are, you know solely interested in the stat side and how they can get the most out of their army and how they can you know demolish their opponent, which which again is is great. We need that in in the community as well, so it's good. We, we've got a bit of everything, which is fantastic. Yeah, I think yeah. the game's set up perfectly. I think it's a nature of the fandom of, of Middle-earth anyway, mm-hmm. but the game's set up perfectly between narrative and competitive play. Some of that's by design, some of it's just by the nature of people want to recreate what's in the books and films. But I don't. Yeah. I'm, you get a lot of arguments about what is lore and what is narrative in other games, and what's fluffy and what's mm-hmm. just power-based, and you can kind of do both, and you can do one or the other as well in this game, and it all works very well, and it's very easy to kind of yeah. say, well, we're going to do some of the narrative scenarios we just want to recreate stuff for the book and we know they're not balanced we know they're designed to create a fun experience over an hour or two or you can go to a competitive event but at least now you know even the lists now are designed so that you can take something that fits exactly with the law but it's still going to be competitive as well and i'm not sure they've that's managed with any other system uh, we've come from a heresy Dan and I come uh, from a heresy background where it's all it's supposed to be all narrative but it sometimes doesn't yeah. cater very well when you have pickup games or you go to events where people kind of they want to have a narrative game but they also don't want to lose all their games at weekends so you get this kind of yeah. a bit of sort of subtle power stuff going on there because there's no boundaries to it really other than your own yeah. whereas it's all built into the game very very well with, with Middle Earth I think yeah. that, that- New edition in particular has really kind of ticked that box for a lot of people. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that were kind of reluctant to come to um, tournaments and things, I guess, because they were worried about coming up against 
armies that were were just designed to win tournaments. Uh, whereas now, kind of the um, you know there are lists out there that are probably slightly higher tier, I guess, and you know are more likely to do well. But actually, they still fit within a theme, um, and you mm. don't kind of get that that that. It doesn't feel like you're able to power game quite as much mm-hmm. as perhaps you used to be able to. And I think you know what's really good is um, you know we had the uh, FAQs, which were when was that? That was a while ago now. But you know things that were kind of being abused a little bit at tournaments, things were were nerfed and, and kind of taken back a step. Um, and I think that's that's absolutely the right way to do it. And rather than being a you know in other games as well, you know this isn't sort of a rant about other games, but. You know, when FAQs come down for other games, it feels like the game entirely changes. Whereas mm. for Midler, it changed a couple of profiles and actually it, it fixed everything. And I think that's that's a testament to, to how well the rules have, have been written. But I'll, also, I think it's just the, the spirit of the game as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and when something, when the community did react, they reacted also really, really quickly. And that's did, yeah. not what you would normally... Well, I'd put money and you wouldn't see that from other systems either. You would almost feel like they were digging their heels in at times, but it was kind of, yeah. well, the community generally thinks this is all right. Yeah. Let's, let's just change it and see how it goes. And uh, there's something else which is move. unusual as well, coming from other systems and playing other games, is that the connection with the, the, the rules team and yeah. the, it is, is so much more. And it just shows how important it is to have that connection with, yeah. with with the community base and that kind of, you, you can message them or you can you'll you'll have their presence in within a group it's a real privilege because you, you you often get a bit of a divide in some of the other other systems when you just have to wait until the next faq comes out or next rule set comes out before you find out whether they're listening or not um they're much better yeah. at explaining why they've done things and it's um hopefully it continues like that and um because that's driven yeah. by those people rather than any any deliberate kind of gw based tactic i'm sure because it's different to all the others yeah. definitely it's a I win-win think, yeah. so, sorry yeah. ben, you've got, you, you carry on back. the likes of um, you know adam troke who was um who used to be the head of the uh, middle earth team you know he was quite heavily involved in um uh, you know in the community and you know he is a big tolkien fan himself um and then obviously jay claire who is the rules writer um he, he he's played for a very long time he's a very talented player so obviously he gets to see everything very much firsthand and obviously they, they are so ingrained in the in the community that, that they're able to take what the community is thinking and and, mm. and take that back and, and you know make changes that they feel are are necessary um yeah. obviously uh, got rob alderman now again he's he's another member of the community he's been around you know for as long as i've been in the community uh-huh. yeah uh, so again it's just they've got that kind of legacy and they you know i've got a lot of respect for them and, and i think that that is that mostly comes down to the way that they almost treat the community and and and, and listen, mm-hmm. um, which uh, I don't think you kind of necessarily get in other games. You know, I've, I've not got any other sort of specific communities to to to, to compare it to, but it, it just feels like they really do listen and are you know are an integral part of the community. Yeah, it, yeah, it's pretty much. You, I mean, you've pretty much said what I, w- I was going to say anyway, so I won't I won't draw on about it. But it's a win-win for both. Games Workshop and the community in my eyes because we, in a way we kind of feel like we're getting the game that we want um, and in return us getting the game that, that we want and we enjoy and we, you know, we love uh, they're keeping their finger on the pulse they're able to to put things out that they know are right and are what people want and you know that's beneficial if, you, if, you've got, if you're a company and you've got that then 
you can't really fail, right? Surely. <laughs> you wouldn't think so. You wouldn't, <laughs> even though films haven't been out for years, it's 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 such a huge fandom that there, there are obviously people yeah. there that still want to play in this game. When you think companies are coming out with new things from scratch, and they'll never be, you know, they'll they will disappear into the way, into the into the distance in the future. But um, Lord of the Rings is always going to be something that sort of people come back to again and again. Yeah, and, it, and it's it's still working now. So I mean, I'm also an admin for the the Great British Hobbit League Facebook page. Um, so I, I get to first hand see daily <laughs> we're getting new members daily like still now like it's you know people are coming in and saying oh I've, I've never played the game or it's more it's more people saying well I used to play years ago um, and I've got a load of toys in my attic <laughs> do people still play this game and it's like yes <laughs> yes they do <laughs> lots and lots I bet at the moment as well there's a huge influx of people because you'll, you'll have those people that have been sat at, at home bored and they've either cleared their attic or they've thought, oh, do you know what, I, I wish I had something to do, like a hobby or something now. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I know, I'll, I'll, have, a, I'll have a dabble with that again, see if there's any communities out there. And people are sort of starting to get back involved. So, uh, yeah. Oh, they've painted there. all the space marines and all they've got left is the, the models that they had from 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> It's definitely happening. The guy I bought my um, Battle Games in Middle Earth um, magazines I got, which actually arrived this this week, um, he um, he he hasn't game for. I don't think he's game for a while. And we ended up messaging each other and chatting a little bit. And I sort of said I do a podcast, etc., etc. You got to get the advertising in there. And the um, yeah. and he's and I sent him a link to my commission painting page. And he said, "Oh, that's really cool. I like painting." Oh, and then he sent me a message the other day. I've started painting again because I didn't want any of the models because I've been, I didn't want the models off the magazines because so um, I've got a lot of them already. And he said, oh, I'm going to start painting again now. So it's just, yeah, just what you were saying, really. People that kind of maybe had them packed away for a few years of getting back into it. So that's um, nah, really, really cool. Really, really cool. Such a, a positive community. Yeah. Let, let's let's take it back a little bit then. Let's t- Steve. I want to talk to you a little bit about when you started doing YouTube. And I suppose we start with the GBHL YouTube channel there. So you um, so I when I wasn't playing the game and I was playing other game systems, I w- was subscribed to that YouTube channel as the only sort of link I had to Middle Earth gaming. It was always on my list of this is Middle Earth is my favourite thing in the world, but I don't play it as a war game, even though I war game everything else. One day I'm going to do it, yeah. and I kind of kept in touch with the channel. So I've been aware of you for years. I won't lie, I probably watched more Damien and Tom on the Planet here. That was my go-to, yeah. my go-to show but i watched quite a few battle reports and things so so t- tell me about when you started I'm out, doing that I'm out, I'm going, I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> you are the new tom though aren't you you are that you <laughs> now you, you're, your um your, your battle streams in middle earth has taken over yeah. from the palantir um you have to you have to help damien and his his fame so you're the you're the yeah, new it's, enabler it's, no i'm only watching it's a farce of a show i just get drunk it's, it's amazing i love it <laughs> Um, so yeah the GBH I mean it's like I said previously when I when I started to I mean I was going to say when I started to wargame I wasn't even wargaming I was just painting Um, and that's that's what got me stuck into it was painting and the escapism Um, at the time I was I was throwing myself into work so painting was a good escape for me and then I met James on the one ring I just put a post out saying I had the rule books and I'd read the rule books numerous occasions, uh, cover to cover. I don't know if anyone else is like me. You read a rule book and then it's gone. <laughs> it <laughs> <Yep>. disappears. <laughs> you've literally got to, you've got to play the game to learn it. Yeah. 
So I thought, I'll, I'll put a shout, a shout out. <clears throat> so I went on the one ring and said, is anyone in and around Manchester? Um, and, and, a, and a fella called Thermo, his screen name was Thermo, uh, got back to me and said, yeah, I'm in Manchester. And it turns out it was uh, Mr. James Clark. Um, and the first ever game that I had um, was with James in a scout hut. He was doing um, personal training in a scout hut in a, in a place called Cheadle. Uh, in Manchester, and um, the game lasted for about five hours. And when I left, <laughs> there was only like three deaths. Um, me, me and James were playing uh, Pete, who's PMG, who, who helps James with Ardicon, um, and somebody else. Um, they were dwarves, and they were in the middle, and we were just skirmishing around the outside of a six by four board for, for four hours, shooting at them. We didn't realise that you're supposed to cap your games with a time limit. Um, and I had work the next morning. It was like 2 o'clock in the morning. I was like, James, I've got to go. We've killed three dwarves in like four hours. I'm, I'm gonna, I've got to go. So I, I left. That was my first ever game. And then from there, me and James became quite close. Um, we'd met, meet up every now and again. And I'd, I'd, I'd feature on the odd battle report on uh, the Great British Hobbit League, which James and Jamie had started up just to kind of get some sort of central point for all these fans of at the time Lord of the Rings strategy battle game to uh, converse on uh, and, and and promote events that was the main the main reason for it really um, so so I, I went on a few battle reports and I hated it hated being on camera <laughs> if you look back at the the, the um, my first ever uh, times that I was on camera you can just tell I just look awkward I just don't want to be there I'm like oh my god why my friends see this I'll never live it down <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, I just had to get more and more involved. I had to go to, to events and things, and I was always kind of like with Jay, like James and Jamie, and and um, obviously Damien and Tom uh, became part of the GBHL. I became good friends with them. Um, I was kind of I was kind of the the guy who was the opposition in battle reports for, for a long long period of time, um, and then. Um, they just offered. They said, "Do, do you want to? Do you want to be a host? Because you're on a lot of the videos anyway. I've been on a lot of battle reports. I've been on Speed Friend in Question. I've, I've been on like book reviews, um, and I've done some. Obviously, some of my terrain and stuff had featured um, in some of the battle reports. So I was like, "Yeah, sure. Why not? Let's do it." And um, I didn't really put much thought into it. I didn't think then that it would be something. I didn't think I'd be doing what I'm doing now then. Uh-huh. I kind of thought I'd just be the same thing. I'd just be the standing guy for battle reports. Um, and that, yeah, that's how it all began really with the GBHL. And I'm really glad it happened. I'm really thankful to um, James and Jamie for, for giving me that opportunity because what I do now is, is a, uh, we spoke about it just before uh, the stream. It's a big, big part of my wind down and having a hobby and having something to do outside of work life and family life and I don't mean that in a negative way but just having something that is mine uh-huh. my little hobby to escape from yeah. is really good it's really good for me I love it I love every every second of it I love meeting new people I love chatting about the game um, yeah it's great I love it and that's that's it really that's how I got into it like GBHL then went on to Top Table because I wanted to spread my wings into doing terrain videos and trying other games and obviously I couldn't try other games on the GBHL really so I started up top table and then, yeah, and then from there, we're where we are now and uh, Jay came on and then we, we got Ben on and it's great. I love it. 
It's, it seems to have grown quite quickly. Um, I can't remember when yeah. I first came aware of it, but I'm sure it was searching for Middle Earth type of things, and you know, those videos popped up, and I recognised you from from the videos I've seen you on the on the, on the GBHL podcast, definitely. And um, yeah. I think some of the early ones I watched, I don't know how long you were doing it beforehand, were when the new edition came out, and you were you and Jay were doing the kind of almost like a how to play or the kind of the early kind of yeah. just play through things i know you did later on you yeah. did a really good in detailed how to play but um you were kind of yeah. i think those were the first ones i thought this is these are good and that was a subscribe then and um been following it ever since really yeah yeah so what about the, the streaming stuff at the moment then so that's kind of um seems to be something you're doing more maybe than uh, is that just because of yeah. lockdown or is it just because you've you've found a new passion for the the live stuff rather than pre-recorded well well streaming is is uh, i mean ben will, ben will back me up here I, I, since even when ben came on live streaming was is something that i've always wanted to wanted to do because the main reason was nobody in the middle earth sort of um content creation bubble was doing it really mm-hmm. um i mean every, everyone's doing it now and that's great it's great for me um because i get to watch content but nobody was doing it and I, I just thought that our community needed it um i just think it's really some everybody every wherever you got so there's, there's 40k podcasts and and live streams coming out of your ears same for aos but there was none for middle earth um and i, I just sort of seen like a like gap in the market if you like and i just thought we we need that um and i I love doing it i love having that interaction rather than me just talking to a camera and filming it and saying what i think and giving my opinion and hoping that people will listen to it the live streams like get that you get live feedback so you get the people talking back to you and you know people are not afraid of telling you if you're wrong which is great (laughs) (laughs) um but i i just like that interaction i'm i'm a I like to think I'm quite a social person anyway. I like to meet people. I like to talk to, talk to people. And the, lock, <clears throat> the lockdown, uh, it's become more intense with the live streams. And I think the reason being is, A, obviously I've got a lot more time on my hands. But B, I'm not able to go out and do those, have those social interactions that yeah. I would normally have. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd see Ben two to three times a week at the studio and, and Jay. Um, and I miss that. You know, uh-huh. I don't get that. I d- I've not seen any of my other friends. I've not seen any of my, you know, work colleagues, people that I work with. Uh, not seeing my family. So the live streams. Sorry, say that again. Not seeing your normal friends. No, my normal <laughs> friends. Yeah. <laughs> so I, you know, I am missing that, and I think doing the live streams, you know, I, d- I did get like a feel good factor from it, and do do get a feel good. I, I really enjoy them. I think they're great. I think it's great having that. If I could do it where it was two way and it wasn't just me on the camera and, and we could, you know, have like people being on the camera back, that would be fantastic. Which is why I did the the Speak Friend yeah um, series, which which you featured on, mm-hmm. uh, and we we, we 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 fumbled through our technical problems, but we got there. I really enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> it was better so, yeah, watching back than I thought it would be when I was when it was live. <laughs> put it that way. <laughs> it was yeah, it was it was it was hard to manage, but we got there. You did a good job. There. You did but, a good job. But there's, there's loads of things. I, I, I'm, I'm also, I, I have a million things going on in my head at once constantly. Like my brain rarely switches off. Mm-hmm. And I'm always thinking of the next thing. So, I mean, obviously I don't want to say anything now because, you know, it's not happened. But, I mean, there's loads of ideas that I have that have never come to fruition. And that'll probably happen with a lot of stuff in my head. But, you know, the live battle reports is is kind of going to take 
a lot of my focus once some sort of normality returns. Yeah. Um, I've got big, big plans for that. I want, I want to take that on the road and go to other people's tournaments and showcase other people's tournaments. And yeah, definitely. You know, get, get that out of there because that is that is something that nobody else is doing in our community and I, I think that will showcase the game to other people as well because some people just like battle reports some people hate battle reports won't watch them uh-huh. but some people will watch a battle report for any system just because it's someone playing a game yeah and they get to watch it I I, I, um, I love them. I, I think commentated ones when you're explaining what's going yeah. on are really strong. I used to love them from War Machine when I played War Machine. Yeah, and they were quite I big in that it. community, and, and especially at the big conventions and things. And they seem to mm. go down real well. And I, I I've never spoken to Andreas, but I watched some of the stuff that he streamed for Articon, and I got the impression yeah. there were quite a few people watching that. And there is a there isn't. I'd say there is an appetite for it because people can't get oh, yeah. to events, and it's a way of living vicariously yeah. through other people, isn't it? To to see those things going on. Yeah, and I love doing it. And I, there would be in my head, I, I my, my head is a hundred steps ahead of where we actually are. Like a like, to, 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 I'm not very technical minded. Yeah. So I know how in my head I want something to work, but making it work and me being able to communicate what I want to happen to someone who knows all the technical jargon yeah. um, is, is my biggest hurdle. Because I'm like, right, I just want this to do that. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. You mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you um, on that, one, definitely. <laughs> but I, but I enjoy the challenge as well. That's what I found. Like, so with YouTube, um, I've found that YouTube has become my hobby as much as painting and building and paint and gaming has yeah i really enjoy yeah. it yeah i really enjoy content creation it's great so ben tell me about how you got involved in in the channel then how did you you start with, with top table so it was uh, i think it was just over a year ago um I, I, steve approached me and just said look you know we're, we're looking for uh, some other uh, people to join top table and uh, and sort of contribute a little bit of um you know content here and there you know be be on battle reports and be on um you know do like faction reviews and things like that and i think you know i've been on a couple of bit top table videos um you know i've played against steve quite a few times um and you know we got on really well so I, I don't know. You'd, you'd have to ask Steve, but I, I guess I kind of fit the bill for what they wanted. Something that they got on with, um, and so pulled the wool over our eyes is what I like <laughs> to say. Completely. <laughs> um, and uh, and yeah, so sort of since then, it's it's just it's been fantastic, and it's not something that I've kind of ever intended to do. And when Steve asked me, I was a little bit a little bit nervous about it. Um, you know, it's not something that I'd ever kind of really done. I had dabbled very very briefly um with my own channel um and i'd done maybe three or four videos they were like more, more kind of like hobby vlogs and me just chatting away to the camera for about 20 minutes because i was filming them on my ipad um and so it wasn't really something that i'd kind of gone out of my way to do if that makes sense uh-huh. um, so uh, i've never never really done any filming before um i'm i'm not the best hobbyist uh, I, I kind of do okay you know i paint stuff to tabletop standard um i'm not the the best tactician you know i'm not out there kind of winning tournaments um but you know i've, I've just got a bit of a passion for the game and, and i guess that that kind of fits with the ethos of top table game you know you don't have to be the best hobbyist you don't have to be um uh, you know a, a, a tournament winner to to kind of participate and be <laughs> are you laughing there steve <laughs> no no wait i've just got a something in my throat <laughs> um, uh, you know, and i think you know it, it's kind of just being that, that kind of inclusive um sort of bit really and so yeah it's, i think it's about 
it's just over a year ago that I, I got involved. Um, yeah. And, you know, like Steve said, it was, uh, you know, now it's become the YouTube side of it has become as much of a hobby for me as, um, you know, the, the, the painting and, and, and the building side of things. Um, so, and, and, some, and it sounds like really, really weird now, but sometimes if I'm doing some hobby, I think oh, I should be, I should be trying to get some content out of this, or I should be doing, trying to, to make a video out of this, or I should be doing a painting guide. And, and sometimes you do feel a little bit, um, a little bit torn, I guess that, you know, as to which I should be spending time doing, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure Steve filming, filming Ben. The answer's filming. The answer is filming. It's always filming. Um, but it just means I don't get as much painted then and I, I don't get as as, as much done. Um, and you know, I think Steve has got the same as me. You know, over the last year we've kind of moved the technology's kind of moved on quite a, a lot, you know, in terms of the battle reports, you know, the studio has come on in leaps and bounds now. Um, you know, we've got um, Cameras that are stuck to the roof for, for, uh, for over, you know top-down views. Um, you know we've got lights all sort of rigged up and ready to ready to go. Um, and I think as well, you know, we we've invested in the the gear that we we use at home and to do our own videos as well. So you know we now use DSLRs and um, you know I think Steve you use a is it an M50 Canon M50 you've got. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know we've kind of uh, you know upgraded our gear to to get kind of better production values and. Again, that that's like there's, there's that kind of like nerdy little bit in the back of your mind that kind of wants to nerd out about the YouTube side of things as well. Um, so yeah, it's it's been an, an interesting year, and it's it's you know it's it's opened up you know avenues for me that I, I never thought I'd go down. You know, I've learned about video editing and you know how to how to use a camera, how to use lenses and and things like that. So yeah, it's it's been an interesting year. You have to teach me that. <laughs> but you know, Steve, Steve's been incredibly patient with me over over time. You know, when we were um, you know editing some some of the first battle reports and some of the first videos, and you know, he'd sit there with me, sh- show me how to do it, and uh, you know, being very patient, we going like, no, no, don't do that. This is what you need to do. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, there were hours we spent in the in the studio doing stuff like that. But I think you know, over time, that's that's that's. You know, got me to, to where I am and doing my own videos and producing my own content and stuff. Now it's been a little bit slow of of late, um, you know, for, for various reasons. But um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm absolutely loving it. I can I can imagine. I mean, it's um, I've obviously started to dabble a little bit in the video side of things, and I remember firing you questions about what camera do you use, what do you what do you use for this and that, and you said this is a you know this is this is a rabbit hole, and you were right, it is a rabbit hole. <laughs> We're very fortunate. We've got a, a, a good relationship with um, Luke Fellows of, of Luke's APS. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know that I think Steve has kind of opened that that, that door. Really, I think Steve's the one that kind of uh, introduced me to, to Luke. But I I fire questions to Luke all the time because he's you know he is a proper nerd about this stuff and he talks about stuff and I've got no idea what he's going on about. <laughs> like, just 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 dumb it down for me. What what do I need to get to to, to do what I'm trying to do? Yeah, if you ask if you ask Luke about lenses, make sure you've got about three hours spare. Yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah. Sometimes sometimes I'll I'll send send him a question on uh, on Facebook me- uh, Messenger and I'll just be like, right, how how do I do this? And then he'll ring me because I know it's not going to be just a case of um, you know a quick you know, two two minute text back. It, I can't it, type that. Gonna, yeah, it, it's going to need forty five minutes of explaining, um, explaining me the the three different ways to do it. And uh, but you know it's great to have that sort of resource and somebody that is 
really helpful in the community and you know that's that's why i you know i was i was keen to help you as, as much as i could because mm-hmm. actually we've had that some that sort of support from other youtubers and you know if if we can kind of help other people out there um you know i'm, I'm more than happy to do it because as steve said earlier it's great having content to to watch ourselves um well, there's yeah. no negative. There's no negative to yeah. having uh, good relationships and multiple content creators. It, it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's what we were given. I think on the last episode, we gave them shout outs to a couple of newer or newer, newer discovered um, podcasts that, that cover strategy battle game and um there's definitely for audio only there's been they've been quite rare compared to other systems for a while and it was it's good to hear more people people doing that sort of content and uh yeah um uh, i was going to spend that money anyway ben so i'm not going to blame you for the advice you gave <laughs> i'm very happy with it. i don't know what i'm doing with it all but i'm very very happy with it well, that's the thing, you know. You, you, you kind of think, oh, I'll, I'll spend a couple hundred quid on a camera, and then you think, oh, actually, if I, if I spend an extra hundred quid, I can get that camera. But then I need an extra lens on that, and then oh, I'll, lenses aren't that expensive, are they? And then 150 quid later, you've got the lens. It's like, well, actually, for this camera, I need, I need better lighting now. So then I'll have to invest in a couple of lights. That's, it's, that's it's, crazy. it's crazy. Every every now and again, Jay, Jay winds me up and says, "We'll be in the studio," and he'll say, "Should we add up how much we've spent?" And I go, "Nope." <laughs> <laughs> probably best probably best well I knew <laughs> yeah, definitely not never say it out loud either definitely not when it's been recorded because the uh, yeah people important people might find out as well and then we'll be all kinds all kinds of trouble <laughs> so Let's let's take it away from the channel a little bit then and talk to you about your sort of your actual hobby and your army. So what what armies you you're currently playing and, and, and working on and your future plans? Um, let's start with you this time, Ben. Uh, so I've, I've recently been working on Rohan. Um, so obviously they're, 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 I say they're the new hotness from um, War in Rohan. You know they they got a lot of attention. Obviously they got some wicked new heroes. Um, so I, I was really sort of quite keen to get them painted really so um they've been kind of my most recent project um i kind of parked them for the time being um just uh, you know I, I, I like to take sort of breaks from stuff I, I find it very difficult to just work on one thing for a really extended period of time i find it just uh, i get a little bit bogged down in it and, and i get a bit miserable painting so um i've picked up some dunland stuff Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm about halfway through a warband of Warriors of Dunland. I've got some Wildland uh, painted, uh, uh, undercoated as well, so they'll be put under the brush fairly soon. Um, and, and that's that's kind of what I've got on the table at the at the moment, really. I'm also doing. I've been taking one um, uh, one of the um, Thorin's Company um, models at a time, and I'm using them to kind of break up um, my, my kind of painting backlog i guess mm-hmm. um so every sort of three or four warriors that i paint i, I treat myself to one of thorin's company and i'm um uh, three and a half in at the moment um and uh, but it's it's just it'll be something that a a it breaks up the the monotony of painting warriors and troops um but b actually at the end of it i'll have another army to play with as well um so it's, it's just like a nice little little extra really they, they're great as well you've done a really good job oh, of them and they're, they're, they're for something that came in the start of set they are amazing sculpts aren't they really good I, I absolutely love them um me and um damien did a, a bit of a had a bit of a chat about thorin's company 
I still haven't watched that yet. You just reminded me there's so much content out there at the moment I'll get behind. Yeah, I, I said to I said to him, um, you know, do you fancy coming on? We'll have a bit of a chat about Thorin's company for, you know, half an hour or so. And an hour and a half later, we're still there talking about Thorin's company. And, you know, he, he, he's just got such a passion for it. And, and that's what kind of got me painting them, really, because he had such a passion. He kind of really... He made me want to paint them, so that's that's kind of why I started. You know, they they, they weren't something that was on my going to be on my painting table for, well, I don't know. You know, pro- probably a couple of years, but yeah. Um, you know, I, I kind of took another look at them, and and they are beautiful sculpts. They, you know, for, as you say, for something that come in a that came in a starter set, they are absolutely beautiful, and I think they are, you know, leaps and bounds ahead of where the old Fellowship um, plastic sprue was. Oh, just um, just a bit, yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah, and, and, and arguably, I. I think they're probably one of the best plastic sprues out there. Mm. Uh, I don't know how other people, what other people's thoughts are on that, but uh, I, I think they are definitely up there. For it's a complete of sprue of that kind of number of models, yeah, I can, I, yeah, I'd agree. Because you normally yeah. you're comparing with a lot of kind of troops, really, aren't you, for that kind of style yeah, of sprue, yeah, and I, I, so they blow yeah, them out of the water. Um, yeah. But yeah, just each one is is, is so individual, yeah. um, and uh, and I think. You know, it, they were around, and I, I kind of picked them up when I when I rejoined the the hobby. And I'd been used to kind of the the older plastic orcs, the urukai, the um, uh, you know, kind of the old the, the the old warriors of Rohan. So they, they hadn't aged. Well, I suppose they were twenty odd years now. Old now are they? Uh, yes. Like that. It, 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 either way, they're, they're old. They're old sprues. Um, so compa- you know, seeing these sort of fresh new new sprues to me was uh, a bit of an eye opener as to to what can be what games workshop can achieve on, on plastic screws now yeah um, a great idea doing it as a bit of a treat in between painting yeah, painting. yeah. i'm about to embark on my own rohan and i'm going to be painting the, the metal fellowship the same way to just yeah, yeah pick a model definitely. pick a model paint it and in between just as a bit as a bit of a treat kind of thing um definitely a, a different break stuff up and breaks up the monotony yeah i i find batch painting mind-numbing uh, and it's, prob- it's probably the the my the least favorite part of the hobby i don't for, for me the, the perfect batch size is maybe four or five anything bigger than that i, I tend to get very uh very bogged out of very miserable painting so I, I need something to to kind of break them up a little bit I'm, I'm crazy I've talked about this before on the, on the show so I won't go into detail but I'm the opposite and because I do it for work as well I, I really yeah. struggle to repeat stages so I can't do five of a particular type of model and then go back and do it again just 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 just, uh, just kills me the thought of repeating them once i finished it so i just do them all and it's horrendous to start with but once you kind of get to those final stages then it all comes together really, really quickly but um you're doing it what i would say with the right way that's the advice i would give to anyone don't, <laughs> yeah, don't do what i do <laughs> yeah. yeah i just uh, i can't imagine trying to do it the way that you do it really it would uh i think uh, yeah i think i'd probably quit the hobby if that's uh, it's that's my weird mind that's all that's all <laughs> <laughs> what about yourself steve what are you working on what what, what you i think we all know what your your favorite army is your favorite model is but what what armies do you play and what you what you're working on at the moment uh well working on wise um i'm i've still got uh isengard because we started in our local uh community element games we started a slow grow just before the world ended yeah um and we all the, 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 how many was there ben was there like 30 odd of us uh, I think so. it was quite a lot. There were, yeah, I think it must have been about that many. Yeah, it was thirty odd of us, um, all chose a faction, and we got split into groups, kind of like the Champions League. Um, and we start off at three hundred points, and then every month it goes up by a hundred points, and you add a hundred points to your force, and 
you play in these little group stages and then it changes your group um, each month. Um, but we didn't get past the first stage because of COVID. Um, and I now have on my shelf probably best part of 1,500 points of Isengard. Um, I've still got loads unpaid because I started to go through all my old boxes and I was just finding like just tons of Isengard models, which I don't know where they've come from. Um, <laughs> so I'm halfway through that. I'm, I really enjoyed painting. I'm having a break from it now. I've not touched them. Um, alongside that, well, just before I started that, I started to paint uh, Dunland um, when the, the, the new the new models came out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I remember seeing that. Real, great. Yeah, which I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed painting them. And then, and then I kind of, it was like really sudden. Um, I got to a certain, I've only got a handful left, but I kind of hit a wall with them. Um, I just can't bring myself to, to paint the last few. I will do, um, but I just, I just fancied a change. And then obviously I started to do the battle streams in Middle Earth with Damien. So I started to paint really random stuff like the Moria goblins. Um, I've got three Lurtzies on my desk. You've stopped um, painting on those now, haven't you? Though you just sit there and drink beer, which yeah, is not I a bad, drunk, not a bad yeah. plan. <laughs> <laughs> I said to David, I said, David, I, I just, I just, I just want to get drunk, mate. <laughs> it's like, but that's against the, the the ethics of the show. I'm like, I know, but you know, <laughs> I think it works well. You're you're just you're controlling the tech. You're the tech man, and he, yeah, he, he, David can it's paint. Difficult. It's difficult because every week he throws something at me. Do you think we can have a battle report this week, Steve? I'm like, well, I'll have to rewire my garage, Damien, but yeah, I could probably do it. Oh, it's, it's brilliant. Uh, I, I watched it on Monday, on Sunday and Monday when I was doing some work, and I got through the, um, I think on Sunday, I got through the first two hours, which is the, the beer and chocolate section, and then, mm. and then it was it's brilliant, though. It works. It's a man. It's crazy. And then after that, it was it was the battle reports and stuff, which is brilliant. Anyway, I'm interrupting you. Carry on talking about your. Um, <laughs> So, so yeah, so that's that. Middle Earth wise, that's I still got some bits. Oh, actually, I'm just looking at it now. I painted. I've spoke to you about this previously. I think we spoke about it when you when you came on to be mm. friends briefly. Um, when the lockdown hit, I am back at work part time now. But when the lockdown hit, and uh, I I work in the building industry, and it kind of came to a halt, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm self employed. Um, money stopped coming in, and I was one of the unfortunate people who kind of fell through the cracks. Um, of you know furlough schemes and government grants and things like that, so there was zero money coming in from me. Um, so I decided to be a commission painter for whatever reason. I decided it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but people were really kind um, and did send me models to paint. Um, and um, I painted for Pat Gaunt, who did our overlay for our live battle reports. Yep. And is the uh, creator of the Battle Company's Manager app, which is amazing. Yes. Yes. Um, I, I he commissioned me to paint him the original Metal Fellowship, which which I done, and I thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed painting them old Fellowship models to the point now where I already have probably two fully painted sets of my own, <laughs> um, but I wanted to paint them again, so I started to convert them. So ah. um, I'm going to have a using the original models as the base models. I will convert each one and repaint. And I've, I've I've started started on them. I've got Aragorn in his ranger ranger gear with with a bow, straight from the uh, the scene from the Mines of Moria, just as the goblins are coming through the door, and he has his bow drawn. Oh wow! Um, I've got Boromir uh, with a cloak and shield and sword in the air, 
I've got uh, Gimli partly. Uh, he's missing an arm. I've got to try and find a way of getting an arm that looks <laughs> normal <laughs> on Gimli, which is really hard because the poses are so similar and there's not much you can do with them. Um, and it's going to be the same with the Hobbits. I've not even started on the Hobbits yet. But, but yeah, they're, they're on my desk. So you're finding so the best sculpt to match the pose you're going for? Is that what you're doing with it? I, I, want, them all, I want them all to be from that scene, you know, where they're all just waiting for the goblins to come through. Yeah, the yeah, door. yeah. Awesome. And and, and uh, Gimli stood on 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 the tomb. Um, that's that's the. I, I'm going to make a diorama for them. Brilliant. Uh, and and that's what I'm going for. Um, so so yeah, it, it's going to be a very. It's not something I'm going to finish in the next six months. It is going to be something um, that I just sort of drop onto. Yeah, uh, a finesse project is something you're going to kind of. Take yeah, because I want it. I want it. To, it's going to go on my shelf, and I want it to look really cool. It's, I'm, I'm not even going to do them necessarily to play. You're with. throwing a skulls army uh, for 2024 or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> by, by the time they're finished, the game will probably be gone. <laughs> I will play it anyway. Everyone will be playing um, the Amazon version of Second Age. Yeah. Something or <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but then, other than that, I'm I'm doing some 40k stuff uh, mm. for, for the expectation of ninth coming yeah. out soon. So I'm doing some space walls and things like that, um, but nobody wants to hear about that on this, this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> no, there'll be people. Uh, yeah. There'll be people that do dance, dance paints in 40k up at the moment. Yeah, I, I really like the idea of 40k. I, I, me and Ben done some content um, on the channel to do with eighth. We did we did a campaign. We ran an event. Um, we enjoyed it. We really enjoyed doing it. Um, but it, it was just kind of one of those things that at the same time that we decided to do it, Warcry was released and we, we wanted to feature Warcry on the channel and it, we had to, 40k basically just, it was on the you know the chopping block so to speak and yes. it, something had to go and it was 40k but It's, it's the problem of, of many a gamer isn't it there's so much cool stuff yeah. but you actually, there's so much stuff now that you can't play every system when I was a no. kid, you could almost—you almost felt like you just wanted to collect an army for everything, every game they brought out. But now yeah. there's so much, and it's the releases are so quick in normal times uh, that you just can't do it all. So you've you've got to pick and choose between it. Um, I used to be a yeah. multi-system gamer, shall we say? And if, if anything, the, the fact that there's more games out that are re- releasing so quickly, it's made it easier for me to just say, "Well, I'm just going to focus on the one now," <laughs> because yeah. it's yeah. I can't keep up. So I just gave up on everything else, sort of thing. But yeah. Um, yeah, I'd well, like I mean, to play it, lots. Middle Earth will always be our game, mm. so we kind of. <sighs> I was going to say it irritates because it irritates the wrong word, um, but we are known to be a Middle Earth channel, but yep. we're not. <laughs> No, no, I don't, I don't think yeah, you are, absolutely. but I think it was your core. I kind of recognise you yeah. from it, but I don't. I know you. Yeah, I know you're a, a general. We're, mu- we're multi-system, but the, the the problem we've got is because Middle Earth is such an awesome game, and I love it so much, and Ben loves it so much, and it, I mean, even Jay Jay's like a, a gaming sort of magpie, the sh- the new shiny thing, and Jay's all over it, but he always comes back to Middle Earth, and that's testament to to the game. It's just it's an amazing game. It's an amazing game. So top, um, top table gaming will always, always, always heavily feature Middle Earth, um, but we just want to try and sort of crowbar other things in there as well, just to just to mix it up a little bit. 
Well, people play lots of you can see that from your group actually on facebook that mm. um there's probably a like 50 of stuff is is middle earth but there's a real healthy yeah. core of people that feel comfortable posting up whatever hobby they're doing and it's a really kind of friendly and engaging way no matter what people post up you, you know they'll get mm. their likes and they'll get comments on it which is exactly what you want isn't it you don't want competition yeah. between systems and people knocking one or the other it's exactly the way it should be which is really yeah good, that's positive. It. we're really lucky with the group really lucky with that group um we've never I, don't, I can't, I can't, I mean, Ben, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I don't think we've ever, ever, ever had to tell anyone off. No. No. In the whole time that it's been going. Yeah. And, you know, as, 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 you know, certainly as far as I've been involved, you know, we've never had to, you know, we've never had like a, an admins discussion or anything. Oh, you know, do they need banning? It's just, <laughs> everyone just gets on. Um, mm-hmm. And as you said, Stuart, it's some people have, um, you know, it's it's great because some, you know, you, we might know people from certain communities, so from Great British Hobbit League, but then in Top Table, they're able to share other stuff that they play as well. Uh, and sometimes you never even realise that people play other games. Um, and somebody pay, uh, pay, uh, posted up today, I think it was um, uh, James Eachin, um, yeah. he, he posted up that, you know, he's, he's now tempted to try... Um, uh, 40k ninth edition because obviously we, you know, he's seen us chatting about it on the group and he's seen loads of people posting stuff up and he said that you know the parts of it interest him but he's never really kind of taken that that full yeah step in and I think it, where our group is not, not necessarily different to other groups but I think it just gives people that opportunity to to have a, a little dabble with other other systems and 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 ask people who are clearly similar minded because obviously we've. Well, the majority of people got a, a passion for for Middle Earth, um, but you know, what is, is the game any good, or you know, do you think you'd they like it? And yeah, I think it's uh, it's it's a nice little friendly group. Yeah, mm. like culture set by the channel and the way you guys portray yourselves. Um, so obviously, I, we I, I mentioned before I had a different podcast from a different game system, but I, again, I've not really ever had to deal with any issues. You get the odd bot that, that you have to delete once they post some advertising, but it's again, it's never any issues. And I think they, people tend to they, they listen or, or watch the way you portray yourselves and the way you talk and they know what's acceptable and what not acceptable in especially in the smaller community groups are a little bit more focused so now it's, it's yeah. really really good to see really good i think people are drawn to to similar kinds of personalities and i think because mm-hmm. self-admittedly i'm not a, like a, a top tier tournament player but ben isn't a, jay isn't jay's a good player at games he's a very he's a good war gamer uh but he much prefers just to like us just have a bit of a giggle and chat and enjoy the game for what it is rather than try and destroy the person's day opposite you <laughs> um, and I think I think that hope that comes across and I think that's the kind of people that we we attract to the group um, but yeah it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of fun it is a lot of fun I, re- I really like it um, and uh, yeah just we're really lucky to have the group that we've got it's, ve- it's very much in the same vein as the Great British Hobby League and the, the vibe that's there so yeah, I'm, I'm over the moon with that. It's awesome. I would agree, definitely. So changing tack a little, and I know we've been talking for uh, for a while now. A couple more things I want to sort of chat with you. Just talk briefly about your event running. Um, so you've run a few events now, Steve. I know you've been involved with running the events a bit as well, Ben. But uh, I have, yeah, yeah. Um, so. I mean, I, I've yet to run my first event on my own. I've been uh, for, for Middle Earth. I've been running events for other systems with someone else, but um, because it got postponed for obvious reasons at the moment. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah, talk talk to us a little briefly about your kind of your 
ideas around event running what sort of things you like to do for your events uh okay so my i i ran my first i, I was i was attending a lot of at the time when i made the decision to to run my own event i was attending a lot of events it was like the, the, the juices were flowing i just started to game i just started to make friends in and around the community you know i've just become a gbhl host um and i, I as much middle earth strategy bot game or lord of the rings or hobbit strategy bot game what it was called at the time as i could soak up i was soaking up i was just as much as i could get i was i was grabbing it with two hands and um, i was going to all these events and they were all fantastic i've not got a bad word to say about anyone else's event but there was something missing from every single one for, for me personally that i i really wanted from an event and that was to be immersed in a scene from the film with an army that I'd spent three months preparing uh-huh. uh, for the event, and I wanted, I wanted to play on boards that had terrain from Middle Earth and um, boards that were, you know, built specifically for Middle Earth games. Um, this isn't always possible. Obviously, you know, not not everyone has the time to make terrain and build terrain, or you know, the finances to, to even go out and buy terrain to try and make it make your boards look like Middle Earth. And well, a lot like- Keep it all. Yeah, somewhere to keep it all. Yeah. <laughs> if you've got all, it, it takes up a lot of space to, to not, not just keep the tables, but keep the terrain to go with them as well. Exactly. Yeah, it does, yeah. So rather than be critical and say, oh, I wish I wish someone would do this, I wish someone... I just thought, you know what? I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to put an event on where as many tables as possible are, is either a custom table from a scene in the movie or has uh, terrain on it which... You know, is recognisable to be something from Tolkien's world, and I, I set up Scarring, and it, 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 I've said this all along. Scarring turned into something entirely different. It's huge now. It's massive. Um, I, I, I didn't think I'd get sixteen players to my first Scarring, um, and it, I was very, very fortunate. Very fortunate, and I, I have no illusions that being a host on the Great British Hobbit League wasn't a massive part of the reason why it was as successful as it was um, because I was able to shout it from the rooftops at every opportunity to people and they had no choice but to listen to me telling me that telling them that there's an event coming um, but it, it also as soon as I started to make terrain people started to take notice of it Yeah, and people wanted to also kind of jump on board my vision of playing your games on these types of boards and as soon as I had the first one um, I've never really had to put that I still do put a lot of effort in but I feel like when I say that tickets are going to go on sale people are messaging me saying when are they going on, can I reserve one, can I reserve one and I feel very very um, flattered by that Uh Um, so I always really feel that I owe them something and I every year I try and do something different and make it a little bit better than it was the year before whether that's with more boards or something a bit quirky like this year there's going to be oh, you know fingers crossed touch wood this year it's not till October but if it does go ahead um, it'll be entirely different from last year and then last year um, Ben was there with me and Jay Ben and Jay uh, come along and, and ran it with me and I wouldn't have been able to do it without him because I'll be totally honest when it comes to running the event the the, the 
the uh, stat track inside of it, I wing it big time. <laughs> 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 and, I, and I rely, I rely on other people. <laughs> I rely on other people massively uh to, to to carry me across the line with that um, <laughs> i'm relying on andrew cox's tawny website to, to see me through that but uh. yeah. I, I i'm still not 100 how a spreadsheet works so that tells you um <laughs> steve just needs to stand there and go right who's won all the games and then, uh, uh you know won the tournament but uh Mm. Well, t- t- everybody's different and everyone has a different uh, outlook on what a tournament is or what, an, or what a tournament should be um, and I know not everyone is on the same page as me but for me I really look forward to um, scouring especially the Middle Earth event uh, me, me and Ben did a, a 40k event last year as well which was also a great great weekend uh, specifically aimed at uh, noobs to 40k so people who were like us were either just learning the game or had never played the game before yeah um and it was a it was a massive success 50 percent of the people that came had literally never either never come to an event before or had kind of played a couple of games in the in the living room um but that that was as far as it had gone um Mm. um, we were having to put people's kind of minds to rest before they came and you know we just just come along just come and play um and, and that was that was a great event um and i think just you know to, to echo what, what Steve was saying, you know, the, the, not necessarily the ethos of the event, but you know, people come to events for different reasons. And you know, if people put a lot of effort into an army, you know, they've been painting an army for for three months before the event. I think that needs to be recognised as well to some extent. Yeah, yeah. Um, like best army, um, or you know, people's favourite army or best theme. I think it's really important for tournaments to have that sort of thing because you know, especially in the Middle Earth community. Um, you know, we, we said it earlier on, people aren't necessarily going just to kind of, you know, stop all over their opponent. People are going because they want that immersion. Um, and I think to reward that immersion and, and reward people for kind of taking that, a themed army is is very uh, appropriate. Um, and I know that, that Scouring last year, one of the best prizes, was it the Bard statue? Yeah, so the the wet, the wet uh, limited edition Bard statue went to um, most uh, sporting. Uh-huh. Um, the, basically, the big prizes were, were most sport in uh, best theme, uh, best painted. Yeah, they, they were the big prizes, and I made that decision just because it, it's hard for me to, to verbalise the reason why. But I, I made that decision because I, you, you get—I don't want this to come across the wrong way—but you get there's a tier of players who win regular. And masters, masters at what they do, um, and they've got an army, and you know they 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 know how to play the game very very well. Yeah. But they they could spend an evening picking an army, and then an evening painting that army, and come and play, and win the tournament. Yeah, yeah. And then then you've got eighty percent, another eighty, say eighty percent of people who will spend three, four, five months. Yeah. Painting an army, so it looks awesome. Um, and I just think that those people need rewarding as much as the generals, if that makes sense. I, I, yeah, I, I couldn't. Know. I couldn't I agree with I, you more. I don't, know, I, I don't know if I put it into the right words. No, I think I mean. you. I've seen. Think you've said it well. And I, and and I wouldn't want to put words into the mouths of the people who 
our top table and win a lot of those events but often just winning those events and getting something that says they've won it is 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 enough for for those people where but rewarding that person that might only win one or one award in their whole gaming career of going to events can be a really really big thing for them and something they keep on their shelves or i i completely agree i completely subscribe to that i mean the events i've done in the past have always been heavily we've given awards away for, for 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 sort of soft scores as you want to call it and not just yeah. one not just one best painted but multiple i know at the flotsam adjustment event when it finally goes event goes ahead there's best army and there's best theme and there's best doubles theme and there's you know there's yeah. there's players choice and there's judged as well for painted so just trying to give us away away as many different kind of awards for those kind of non-winning things as possible because people go home with something at the end of the day it's um it improves their experience and the more people to go away with something as well um is is good um they'll come back they'll go to more events and that that's the thing if it if it's the same five or six people that are just winning every tournament and walking away with all the cool stuff from them tournaments yeah people will get put off going to events yeah, so, they look at the attendee list and go, "Oh, those guys are going to. I've got no chance to win in anything." Yeah. Um, plus, plus, Jay, Jay Clare's got no more room on his mantelpiece. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think a good example, and this isn't blowing smoke up to you, but you look at Throne of Skulls and you get what awards yeah. are given out, and yeah. only you know you've got your first second third but they're the gaming the closer to gaming awards i suppose but there's awards given out for for, for the painting competition that you vote for at lunchtime your army your your yeah. it's just yeah there's a there's a number of things you can give give awards away um if you've um if you and if you, even if you've got a small budget i didn't have a huge budget for my event so i haven't got loads of prizes but there are trophies for for winning each of those things for me first and again it's an opinion giving someone a trophy and a certificate um yeah. for placing and those things i i'd rather go home with a something to remind me of the event so a certificate saying i've won this or placed at yeah. this point than a prize that you might end up selling on if it's not an army you play um i appreciate yeah, that yeah. you've got something that you know what you mentioned was an incredible prize and if i have bigger budgets in the future those things might come in addition but there will always yeah, well, be that trophy and that kind of certificate yeah. for coming those things and because that little when, bit of little bit of pride goes a long way yeah, when scouring started it wasn't it wasn't like that the prizes were you know what what i could beg steal and borrow yeah um and i made a decision very early on i think it was the i think it was the first scouring that i put on we, we had a raffle um and the raffle did far better than i expected it to um and I kind of thought, well, I didn't think that this pot was going to have this much money in it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go away now and I'm going to buy the prizes for the next scouring so that when the next scouring comes along, it's not a worry for me to get mm-hmm. the prizes or I'm going to have enough money to get them. So every 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 raffle pretty much from a scouring pays for the next, the following scouring prizes. Yeah, great way to do it. Um, that's the only way I was able to do it. Um, and it and it works well. Um, so yeah, I just I just I just keep doing that really. Um, it, it's scouring is the event that I I want to attend. <laughs> I, I can't. <laughs> um, and, and it did become something else. It has become there has there is a, quite a competitive edge to it because it is one of the bigger events. Yeah. Um, people want, want to win it. It was the um, league finale as well, wasn't it? So, they, you know, there were people there kind of battling it out. So it, it did become a little bit more competitive. But 
you know, normally I think a lot of people are just coming to play on the boards. Yeah, yeah. And even even it was it was the league finale in December, um, and even like the top, you know, you look across the top sort of eight, nine, ten tables, where it's it was really close throughout the whole weekend, and it it, it wasn't a foregone conclusion. The league last year it did come down to, you know, a different place. Whoever placed mm. in a certain way in scouring won the league, um, and even though it was so was so much at stake even the top table scourings always had this really laid back fun sort of feel to it uh-huh. um and even the top tables were you know it wasn't you go to some events and it's like you know stress like to's are saying please don't stand near the tables leave them alone <laughs> it was just really laid back it was great yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah I, I loved every second of it but um i really like running events that when you're in a room i mean if you've run events you'll know exactly what i'm saying when you're in a room full of people that are there because you've arranged something and they've come, yeah, they've and they're all enjoying themselves, and it's yeah, it's good. Every, yeah, everyone's telling you how good a weekend they're having. It's such a boost, and it just you just think, yes, this 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 is what it's all about. This is this is you know, this feels great. Everyone's here, and they're here because I was able to facilitate it, and you know, you get you get a buzz from it. Um, yeah, yeah. I love it. I don't. I, I, I'm, I have no intention of not doing it. I, if anything, I, I'd like to do a lot more. And we would have done this year if it wasn't for COVID. <laughs> we had the free, we had the free event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <sighs> which it's... we were very lucky to be in a position to, to put on just to just to give something back. So it was going to basically be like a mini scouring. Um, so prizes were still cool. <laughs> it was going to be a run like any other of our events. Um, the only difference being that it was free. Um, it, yeah, it's I'm been really... a, it's it's been a weird a weird world this year for for messing up those. I mean, last I looked at your event last year, and I, and I would have come if it wasn't for yeah. how close it was to throwing a skulls and me getting a wife pass and and the job my wife does, and she works a lot of weekends. It was just a kind of picking yeah. one or the other. I um, mean, this year's date might have been better, but yeah, well, and then I think it's quite close to my event. So hopefully yeah. next year, um, yeah. I won't be running my event in October next year. Mm. That's for sure. Um, I've got different plans for when it will run. So hopefully it won't be at the same time, and it will be on it'll be on my list yeah. for next year. You're always welcome just to pop over for the day shoot. Yeah, well, that that would be the secondary thing, but travelling all that way, I'd want to stay overnight and have a beer anyway, so you might yeah. as well do both days. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much my story into into events, and you know, going forward, we'll be doing more. We will be doing more, especially now with ninth edition 40k events. You know, we had, we had plans to do 40k events, AOS events, yeah. full team events, um, all sorts. So it, it, it will keep going um, because I enjoy doing it and I enjoy putting events on for people that people seem to respond well to so yeah, yeah absolutely it's, and it, it's good having that close close link with the store as well i mean the, the store I, yeah, with the right. sponsors the show is a bit smaller than element but it's uh still really really sort of well supported store especially locally as well and it really really helps now uh, is a couple of what should be smaller questions to end off but they potentially could be big ones we might have to rein ourselves in a little bit but um is that are you telling us that we're waffling Stuart? no not at all not at all it's i i, I it's, it's my fault really but um so we've got the, the first thing I wanted to ask you really is about, aside from what we know what's coming with, with, with Middle Earth this year, so we know what releases are coming. Um, they're obviously going to be a bit delayed because of things going on. But past those books, 
what would what would what would you like to see so we'll do we'll go steve first what would you what next book would you like to see what would you like to see released you could make it choose there's so, there's so many there's so many directions you could go in and i and i think somebody asked me this in, in one of the battle streams uh or asked me and damien it should i say um and my answer is probably the same i i'm 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 now. If you'd have asked me 12 months ago, I'd, I'd, I'd have run a list of different things that I want to see. The way that the releases are coming out now for Middle Earth, and the way the Middle Earth team are handling the releases, <clears throat> and things are coming out that we're not expecting, and there's shock releases, and you know we didn't expect Scar and the Shire, we didn't expect the Quest of the Ringbearer. Um, I'm just really happy to sit back and just take whatever comes. <laughs> if I'm totally, totally honest. Yeah, that's um, a good answer. There's a lot of trust. I, I, yeah, I, I, the Middle Earth team are doing an amazing job. Um, Jay Clare, being the rules writer, has made a game that was awesome anyway and has just ironed out the small creases that it had and has made it amazing. He's done a fantastic job. Um, the, the team as a whole, the whole team, have, have done an amazing job and I have 100% faith in them because they've just put a smile on my face. Every time there's a release... I'm happy. I, they've not. I've not. We've not had a release or a rules change or a new rule or a new character or a new profile where I've felt negative about it or felt the need to moan about it. I'm happy uh-huh. about everything. About. So I, I'm in a good place with Middle Earth at the moment. So, so hopefully, it's to there. sum up, you just don't mind. You're you're happy with whatever whatever comes out. It feels like they're yeah. going to cover it all, doesn't it? It feels like they've got a big plan. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really. I mean, if it was pressed into a corner, I really want some new Numenorians and some new High Elves. But uh, that's Jamie probably the worst thing. To, yeah, I, I agree with him. That's probably the worst thing to hope for at the moment. <laughs> yeah, he's convinced me it's not going to happen. Um, but yeah, I would. I, I would really, really like that. Um, yeah, I mean, even yeah, if there's uh, no deal done, it would make sense for them to drop them around the time that 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 yeah. series was on the television as well because they'll definitely pick up some yeah. business yeah, and we don't even know when that is that's that's the no thing. we don't they're not even filming at the moment are they because of the because of the thing but no, yeah i have 100 faith in the in the in the in the guys and gals at, at games workshop and i'm happy with whatever they throw at us next so and that's a really boring answer no no so now over to ben so whatever he says now it's just gonna be really selfish and self-centered know, because yeah, you know yeah. he should <laughs> there's loads of stuff that I'd like to see but much like Steve you know but there's stuff that's come out that we just there's no way I was expecting you know like um, Helm Hammerhand I, I was not expecting um, and, you know that that's a, a character that I've, I've just loved for years now I've always kind of wanted to see um, uh, you know him in in, a, in model form um, so that, that was fantastic to see um, Scaring the Shy we were just not expecting um, when we first heard about um, Gondor at War I, I in my head I thought after that we're going to revisit um, uh, the Last Alliance. Uh, you know, it was just it, the first plastics that came out. The, they've they, they've done their time. I think everyone is 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 in agreement that, uh, <laughs> that the plastics they they they've served their purpose. They're very sort of monoposed. They're not the best uh, poses. Um, I you know I, I would have said that they were going to be going to be next um but obviously i think amazon's probably put a little bit of a spanner in the works um uh for them so we'll we'll see what comes we'll see what comes i'd like to see angmar revisited yeah um and, uh, arnor uh, i think could do with a bit of a moria uh moria yeah um you know kind of balin's uh, expedition i think could definitely do with um, a little bit of fleshing out um 
so yeah, there's just so much stuff that I would love to see. But but genuinely, I'm I'm happy to see whatever comes out. Um, you know, I'm, if you'd have asked me, you know, is is Quest the Ring Bearer going to be the next one? I would have probably said probably not. But uh, you know, when <laughs> when it was announced, I was all of a sudden you know really excited for it. Whatever they bring out, I'll, I'll be excited about it. Really, just much like Steve. Yeah, I, mean, that's what, I think the I think Quest for me does kind of make sense, even though it's a surprise at the same time. Because we could maybe yeah. we're predicting a fellowship type themed book based on the the two previous big ones if we were if we forget scouring um yeah and it kind of does that and also does something unusual and un, unexpected like the same way as scouring did so it kind of ticks yeah. that kind of fellowship film theme and does something a little bit but does it in a different way so um yeah i think i think that'd be good and the, then, big, the big question is what models are we going to get with it oh, hopefully we're going to get as many as scouring hopefully we will probably get a new nine because i just bought nine i just bought them on ebay so we'll probably get a new nine um <laughs> yeah that that's going to be interesting but you could expect anything couldn't you? you can look at what we got for for scouring and the amount of hobbit models we got that you'd never think oh, you'd get so you really could see anything and there is a little bit of artistic freedom with the sculptors sometimes isn't there about what they're working mm. on or maybe they work on something in, in their own time and then that goes well that's cool well we'll do that so who well, who that's, knows that's what, um, what scouring was you know it was a slot apparently appeared in the in the schedule um and uh, you know the, i can't remember his name now but the, the, the head of forge world or a special head of specialist games just said right who, who's got something to fit this uh, fit this lot and uh, the middle of the team had been working on um you know all the poses and stuff in the background uh and they said well th- this could kind of fit the bill here and they said right let's let's run with it so i don't think we were, you know, I think that's two weeks to, to finish writing the book and things so i think a lot of it must have already been there and, and written and, and kind of ready to go but um you know it's just uh yeah, I, I think they've got from memory. I think they've got plans up until twenty twenty four. You know, they've got they've got four years of uh, work stuff, four years worth of stuff ready to. Well, not necessarily ready to go, but they've got plans at least there. Yeah. Um, so I think we could see anything. You know, and, and actually could just mix and match it. You know, they might have a plan now, but in six months' time, they might decide to change that. So who knows what we'll get? Yeah. Who, that, kn- who knows what current climate's done? Yeah. I think things chop and change very, very, very frequently. From from hearing tidbits of conversations, you know, and different things being said at the seminars, and um, I think I think it is a case of you know what what's in the pipeline now for the next say six months isn't necessarily what may happen in the next six months. Yeah, something might get stuck in, or things might get taken out. You know, and we just that's why I'm just quite happy, and, and I'm glad I'm in this position just to be yeah. enjoying. The way it's coming but i mean i mean a new lurch would be amazing so uh just it, out would, there it would it would work it would work i mean things are definitely going to be messed up i mean i don't know for definite but um i would i would put a lot of money on saying that we would have seen some of the things that have been teased before now had mm. had the world been normal and had we'd had uh the what, nova and warhammer fest and all the other things i'm pretty sure that yeah. uh, whether it was on general release people would have had their hands on some of those products that we've seen by now um yeah. so there's and then you've got 40k ninth which is the biggest thing as much as if you don't play 40k people might get a little bit frustrated that it's kind of come and stamp on other releases but we need that game to do well whether you play it or not because that is the money for gw that income means that they can spend money on salaries that produce middle earth and and so on and so on so um, we need it to be successful to carry on doing the supporting the smaller projects and decisions are going to get made and middle earth is not always going to be 
you know, put at the forefront of those decisions. And well, we've got to keep the Middle Earth community happy. It's not well. At some point, they're going to have to buy a license again, aren't they? So it may well be. I'm sure Middle Earth is is more than covering its cost now. It seems to be doing very, very well. I've got no idea what's going on with the books there, but I'm going to make a massive assumption and say that it's uh, profitable and, and and doing very, very well. But I'm yeah. I'm pretty sure the license yeah. ain't cheap, um, and yeah. the licenses will get paid for from the bigger the bigger games like the success of of, um, yeah. of selling licenses and, and games like 40k. Sure, but if it wasn't making the money, I, it, a big business like that, I don't think they'd be doing it. No, they probably wouldn't be. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, it's I think the, the other quite interesting thing about um, Middle Earth as well is you get people that you don't just play one army. Um, you know, unlike um, you know, in 40k, you get people that are, are I, I collect space marines or I collect necrons. In Middle Earth, you just get people that collect a bit of everything. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm experiencing that now, yes, and I've never done it with other systems, so that's a really, really good point. Um, you know, you, you're collecting the fellowship, and actually, if a new fellowship come out, you know, you'd probably buy them as well. Uh, even though, as you say, you are, you know, painting some Rohan or you know whatever because uh, I think I believe you've got an Iron Hills army yep from memory yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, I've got, you've got uh, Iron Hills army uh, and uh, is it a Gundabad army you've got as well I've got yeah I've got some some Azog's Legion and Hunters that are half oh, finished really I've got a lot ready to go in boxes as well I've got a thousand points yeah. of Mordor ready to go the same for Minas Tirith and uh it's it's yeah. I I, I want everything. Yeah, I want to I want to do the narrative stuff. So I need to do a lot of work over the next year or so, so I can start doing all the narrative scenarios. Because at the moment I don't have the forces to do it. Regardless of what they release, I think there will be something there for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, regardless of what army they army they they play or collect, I think there will be something there for everybody. Yeah, yeah. makes sense totally. Yeah. And then Dan had a question, um, and rather than me butcher it, I'll let him speak. As we've not let Dan speak for for a little while now, as well, Dan's probably well. Dan could even be asleep. I don't even know. I've not. I've been talking over. No, he's 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 little um his little curse has popped up on the shared show notes, so I know he's awake or he's just rested his head on the keyboard. One of the two. Um, but Dan had a question. Dan had a question that um, he wanted to finish, which I think will finish us off nicely. Yeah, I think it's a, a positive thing to talk about. Hopefully, um, obviously appreciate uh, you guys have come to the hobby and you've been in for a different length of time but how do you feel about the strength of the gaming community now compared to sort of both the period of its height i.e. when it first came out for GW during when the movies were still being released War of the Ring etc and then the wilderness years you know when, when it wasn't really receiving that um, support from GW and a lot of it was community driven how do you feel we are now when compared to those two periods uh, do you want to go first Ben? yeah it's the very it's a very weird one. I think when when the movies first came out, you know, there was uh, as Steve mentioned earlier, there was like the the Last Alliance and and the One Ring, um, which were I'm probably looking back on them with very rose tinted glasses, but I was very very sort of fond of those um, forums because obviously it's way before the days of uh, of the likes of Facebook and things. Um, you know, I, I remember there being sort of very good communities on on there. Um, you know, in the years that I, I kind of disappeared and when I first sort of came back and as I said the, earlier about the Great British Hobbit League, um, you know, the community was quite a lot smaller then and it did feel like you knew everybody a lot more and people, I, I don't know whether it's just because it's more diluted now, but they, they seem to be my, more of a, because there were fewer people, you kind of got to know people a little bit more, whereas now there's so many new people coming in um, and there's... coming out your ears and everything. Yeah, you know, and there's, there's people just posting, you know, all the time. It's very difficult now, I think, to, to get to know people in quite the same way as 
you could maybe four years ago. Um, I, th I think that's fair to say, and I think because there's so much being posted, it's very easy to miss stuff that you might find interesting or you know people that you might kind of get on with and things. So I think it, it, it's it is a very different community. I think it's kind of still kept that same ethos though, and and the um, you know people are reacting in you know and acting in very much the same way as as they did back then. You so that you know there's that um, massive amount of respect um, you know between everybody in the community. Uh, everyone's generally very well behaved. Um, you know I'm not an admin on the Great British Hobbit League, but I, I don't think there is that okay, much. You also yeah I got kicked out yeah um, but I don't think there is I don't think there is that much uh, trouble uh, in there really um, you know you very very rarely see any kind of troublemakers and things so yeah I think it's uh, it, the community is in a really good place now and I think you know as well with a new edition you are always going to get more people um, coming in and, and, and joining the community so. It, you know, as a community grows, then you know it, it is going to get a little bit more difficult to to kind of keep keep close to everybody that's in it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I know where you're coming from with that, but it's um, you see it with the bigger groups that you can kind of scroll through and see stuff that's posted days ago. They just don't come up on your feed, but that's a lot of that's to do with like algorithms and stuff. But um, yeah, yeah, exactly. But I, I think you know, as I say, it felt like it was a lot more kind of close to it because you saw the same names coming up over yeah. and over and over again, and you'd you'd be able to kind of um, you know chat with those people um, on very frequently. Whereas I, I think a little a bit of that has been lost now to some extent, and I think that our, our own group is kind of where the Great British Hobbit League was when I kind of joined it, if that makes sense, uh -huh. where, you know, there's a few, a few number of people and, um, um, you know, you kind of get to recognise names that post regularly. Um, so you have a bit more kind of a, of a connection with those people. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, if it's become that big, you almost then that you get these kind of your, your breakaways, don't you? So you've got, yeah. so you've got Zorpa Zorpa, got a really good community group on facebook as well so you you kind of get your smaller meetups within the within the bigger frames you see those names in the bigger groups but yeah you can the, maybe the 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 more in-depth conversations will go on um in, in smaller in groups, a, in as well. groups yeah I, I, that's exactly it that's exactly it and what about yourself and steve what do you think to the uh he's um, left you with nothing to say yeah. now isn't he it's always bad yeah. in a second <laughs> um well i kind of I've kind of been around through it all, so I was I was in when the Facebook because I was at, on the One Ring first, and and then the Great British Hobbit League Facebook uh, when that kicked off. I was there from the very beginning and seen it grow into into what it was at the height of its then popularity, uh, or what we thought was was the height of its popularity. Uh, and then I, I was around when you know sort of the darker days at the the end of. Um, the Hobbit movies when we were getting, we were lucky if we got one release every every three months or something, and it was just sort of a half-hearted release with a, a bit of a supplement in White Dwarf and you know things like that. And then the resurgence, which has been amazing, and um, I th I think now the game is as popular as it ever was, if not more so. Um, that's the feeling I get. And yes, the, the, there's positives and negatives to that. The negatives, Ben's covered. You know, the more people you get in, the more diluted it is, and um, it doesn't feel as close knit as it was. But there's a positive to that as well. So the more people that are coming into the game, um, they're bringing more and more friends, and 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 you know that has that knock-on effect of 
people getting their friends playing the game and blah 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 which in essence for all of us is beneficial um and we the people who want that close-knit feel like you've covered uh can still get that from sort of puzzle or from top table gaming community or you guys have got a little facebook group now which is growing um you can still get that but the great british hobbit league i think will always be that hub uh-huh. you know, where we all go back to which i think is what the community as a whole is needs because that's that's kind of the heartbeat where everyone who is in the community goes to so even the people that are in like the lord of the rings rocks um which is another great great group um but that's where all the outlaws live (laughs) (laughs) it's where people know they can be a little bit more edgy but it's still nothing compared to to can be cheeky but um it's still a great group um, the, the size of it shows the size of the community doesn't it because it's yeah. it's it's yeah. it's getting close to nine thousand people now and that's apart from yeah. the biggest 40k groups that's that's probably up there or bigger than than a lot of other systems as well yeah. that, you know it's, that's pretty yeah. good and the community we need all of those they all mm. play the parts so the great british hobbit league uh, facebook group um Zorp, Zorp, Lord of Rings Rocks, you guys, us, um, you know, Top Table as a YouTube channel, um, Out of the Frying Pan as a podcast, STF, yeah. um, Lachlan, we, we all play a part in keep keeping this community growing because it is growing still daily. Um, and then the more stuff that comes out for the game that the that Games Workshop and Forge World are able to put out and the, the models just keep getting better and better and better, which is another, you know, so, some players play the game because the models are cool. Some some players play because the rules are cool. Um, yeah. It's all positives. I think it's stronger now than it's ever been, and I'm, I'm really happy with where it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, but my point, it wasn't necessarily a negative. It was just uh, that it's grown so much now that there are just so mm-hmm. many people constantly coming in, which, you know, is, is, is great. And actually, you know, any game kind of needs that to survive because you will have you know natural drop off and things so you do kind of need that that constant um, people coming in and, uh, and and a constant stream of new players to to be joining yeah I think it's really important for any system yeah yeah don't worry, don't worry it didn't come across as, it didn't come yeah. across as a negative um, and it's, it's just the pure size of those groups it's um when groups get to that big you're kind of mirrors mirroring the size of the forums at their their heyday and yeah. with forums you've got yeah. threads with facebook walls you don't have threads you've just got a wall and uh you know, you know depending on what settings you've got or what comes new to the top and whether it's the most popular or the most recent you've seen it's it's all a bit weird how it works isn't it so it's, it's like it, it, yeah it becomes like a wall of headlines like you say and for those for the more sort of in-depth conversations you, you then go off to the smaller groups like speak people might come in our group and say oh, have you seen what such and such has said in in the great british hobbit league and you'll yeah. have a conversation for it about it in a different group but it's that's still the hub of where everyone comes back to for the main information. And I think part of the reason is because we know that the the Middle Earth team are part of that Great British Hobbit League Facebook group community as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, which is massive. Which is massive. So yeah, it's it, it's all good. I'm really happy with where it is. Really happy. Fantastic to hear. Right, but just before we let you go, then do you want to fancy giving yourself a bit of a, a shout out? And we people probably picked up the name of the channels and stuff a little bit while we're talking. But for those who bizarrely haven't come across you guys before, here's your your moment to sort of shout out all your groups and all your channels and, and get people over to watch you <laughs> and hear you and see you and engage. 
Yeah, we can we can we can say what we what we do and stuff. But I also want to ask you guys something before we go as well. So yeah, of course. Um, if you've not been on the channel, uh, check it out. Top Table uh, Gaming on YouTube. We also have a Facebook group. We're on Instagram, Twitter, all the usual places. Um, just hit us up there. It's a really fun place to be. Um, uh, anything else that I've missed, Ben? You probably should say no, the GBHL channel as well, because otherwise, Damien, yeah, will be, oh, Damien right, yeah. you'll be in yeah. trouble with Damien for not mentioning that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, go on. I suppose I better add another GBHL podcast. There's another YouTube channel. <laughs> um, no, yeah, obviously, I mean, because I, I, I always just assume people know about the GBHL. That, that's the thing. But, but the newer people really don't, because the channel kind of drifted know, away a little bit, and uh, so much good content on there. Anyway. Carry on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, I think if people who don't know about it may struggle to find it because it's not called. If you search the Great British Hobbit League, you won't get it. You won't get it. It's called the GBHL podcast. And even though it says podcast, it's not a podcast. It's a YouTube channel. Uh, don't ask me. I, was, I wasn't there at the beginning, so I don't know what happened there. Um, they must have been drinking. Um, but yeah, check that out because it is awesome and it's got an amazing amount of videos in the back catalogue for you just to go back. And even the stuff um, Stu mentioned before, um, you know, battle reports aside, because some of them are out of date rules-wise, the Palantir as a show is just an absolute joy just to, to sit and watch through. Yeah. When, when, I, when I sort of picked the game up again, I think there was about 60-odd episodes, and like literally it was just my, my go-to when I was driving anywhere. I'd, just, I'd stick an episode on just to, to listen to it. It's fantastic stuff. Yeah, I want. I want to start. I want to start a petition, or start people stalking Damien to, <laughs> to get to get to hundred. Yeah, How many people there. recorded videos to to send in to for that hundredth show? Because <laughs> well, this is we, before I started we, playing, and I was aware of it. Now I'm I'm in a position. What eighteen months on of playing the game and doing a podcast that I might set might have sent a video in. This is how long it's been, isn't it? It's been crazy. <laughs> I'm, 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 I might have to do it with him and just put a Tom mask on or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> we, we did one uh we sent them in a video and uh, that that's gonna be is that a year ago it must be about a year ago at least now yeah, I, I was at least a stone and a half lighter so yeah he's probably looking at 200 gigabytes worth of video that's been sent to him wondering how he's gonna download yeah. it from the links and edit it and it's yeah, no wonder he's not done it to be honest with you <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, no, that, that's that, that's all the links and all the plugs and everything like that. Um, we, I've really, I've really enjoyed being in SG. Thanks, for, thanks for having us. No, it's, it's been a, a lovely chat. Absolute... Thanks for thanks for coming. Thanks yeah. for coming. Um, um, whilst we've got you and we can we can tie you down because you're recording. Um, we, uh, myself, Ben, Jay, and um, we'll probably get a couple of others from uh, from, from Element. We we played Leodis Games at a friendly games day. Um, yes. Would you guys um, from out the frying pan? Obviously, when the world gets back to normal, <laughs> consider yeah. coming down. Maybe if you get like if you could get four years, that'd be awesome. Uh, yeah, spend I'd... a day down down at Element, or and you know we can try and get some games together and maybe get some content between us all and love to i really would really would love to it's um aside from some time tape you know even in a normal world um we'd have to plan it far enough in in advance because of the 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 timetable with with as you the same with you with with kids and uh, wife who works a lot of saturdays and things but yes absolutely would absolutely love it lies work well (laughs) i've I've heard this i've been looking at you lots of this kind of asking but the problem is the problem is when your wife's working saturday and you're at home with a one-year-old and a five-year-old 
disappearing off to Manchester and asking for for, for permission when you come back doesn't work because I think you can get arrested and stuff for leaving kids on a ride. Seek forgiveness and not permission, I think. Is, uh, yes, yeah, that would, that, that would be the right yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Either way, I've definitely been in a lot of trouble and the... The best I could hope for is that the kids were still alive when I got back the next day. Um, I would love to, really would. So if we can make it work in terms of time and stuff, then yeah, that would be yeah. that would be really really cool. It'd be really good. So. That'd be awesome. Well, the 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 door is always open. So um, you know, obviously, we don't know when it'll be or when the world will be back to normal. But if we if we can make it work, we'd we'd love to have you. We'll take you for dinner and get some games in and yeah, hopefully get some you know, bits of content out of it. That'd be be amazing. Yeah, we'd love it. Always open, just not at the moment. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh, right so thank you again guys for you, you've given us a lot of your time this evening and I think it's been a really good all round chat and it's nice to get your opinions on, on a lot of things as well so thank you so much for your time uh, it's been lovely that to have awesome. you on and, and no doubt we'll have you on in the future for, for, for more sort of targeted conversations so then it's a little bit more focused on a particular topic or something but um, it's really good to, to have you on to sort of chat generally um, so thank you yeah no problem thanks for having us right well we'll, um, we'll go for a little break now we'll come back and close the show down Hello and welcome to another heroic death match. So we've uh, we've had some more suggestions sent in uh, last time, haven't we, Dan? Um, do you want to do you yep. wanna, do you want to sort of fire through what uh, what Tom suggested? Yes, uh, Mr. Mika uh, from Greetings from the Warp Fame. He sent in a few ideas. Um, so we'll start with Sauron versus Smaug. So that's a big boss fight. Now it's uh, occurred to Stu and I that uh, I will be painting a Sauron slash. So, uh, necromancer in the near future and as some of you may have seen he has picked up Smaug so we may do something fun with that we've also got uh, Shilob versus the Watcher uh, Strider versus the Witch King uh, in brackets Weathertop uh-huh. I think, oh, yeah, that's very cool uh, Shagrat versus Gorbag Grishnak versus the tag team of Merry and Pippin <laughs> and uh, well the War of the Princes so to speak uh, Prince Imrahil versus Aragorn so uh, there's a nice, interesting mix of uh, things in there. A lot of, um, you know, what ifs and uh, sort of wish listing in there, I think. And uh, there could be some. A bit of sparring, a bit of fencing. They don't have to be yeah. at war as such, do they? It can be something that's, uh, you know, just a kind of a bit of a. Bit of a training fight, bit of a barrack room uh, brawl or something like that. I quite like them. And we, we were talking about just before we were recording is um, about how to balance them. And we were discussing what, whether we needed to balance them or not. And we were sort of saying that it's, sometimes it's fun just to do the historic ones. But once we've got through a few of those, we will we will do some of these more alternative ones as well, which uh, may not be as balanced, but some of them might be really, really close fights. And it might be interesting to see um, how they come out. So it will be different, different motivations and different reasons for doing them. Um, so we've also been contacted by Justin Bertrand um, he's got in touch to say um, hello hope all is well I want to recommend a hero matchup for you that I think would be cool and he said Eowyn versus the Witch King and I think um, he's probably the second or third person that's, that's said that as well I'm pretty sure Wes and um, Ben, uh, and both, ben said both said that last time so um, we're, the, we're planning we can't promise because you never know what will happen we're planning that that maybe will come up in the next show as so many people have asked for it it'd be, it'd be silly not to do it so but what do we got today dan who we got coming up uh, so we've got uh, shagrat versus gorbag 
fantastic. very uh, iconic scene with the shiny shirt. <laughs> so uh, why not? <laughs> yeah, the uh, the 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 fighting in Kirifungal because Shagrak's the captain of Kirifungal and Gorbag's the um, in charge, isn't he? In 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 the the Kirithungal garrison, I believe. Um, so uh, yeah, should be. Depends who you ask, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, this is true. Um, anybody didn't do a very good job, did he? So one one Hobbit growling. Um, d- a mighty d- warrior, uh, mighty fine. warrior, mighty Elven warrior. With an elvish yes. weapon, um, turned the whole place into complete uh, shambles, didn't they? But um, yeah, they're good, really good, fun characters. What's what's quite a grim moment in the film in many ways. The kind of the hopelessness of being captured and being lost, and Sam not knowing whether Frodo was still alive, and all the emotion build up in that. There's this kind of almost comedic kind of um, conflict between Shagrat and Gorbadok as well, and the and the way they. Uh, the way you argue and fight and things, so it's quite it's quite a good balance in the in the film there. So, who who are you going to be using, Dan? Well, I am uh, ever the champion of the underdog. As we, when we go through the profiles, you'll find out who he is. I'm going with Gorbag. <laughs> so, of course, that leaves me with with um, with, with Shagrat. We were, again, we were discussing whether the, the, they needed balancing, whether we should give allow one of them to use some of their special rules that may not come into effect in the way we play the game or not and we've just decided no we're just going to go go with it as it is um because it's not really de- designed to produce a kind of an even fight so to speak we want just to discuss the models discuss the profiles a little bit and have a little bit of fun with it um so do you want to do you want to do describe your your stats for this this game then dan well um yeah let's go ahead so uh Gorbag or captain he is 55 points standard uh, pretty standard uh, sort of orcish captain uh, stat line. So he's uh, fight four, five plus. Not that he has a bow. Uh, strength four, defense five, two attacks, two wounds, four courage. And then he's got three might, one will, one fate. He comes with armor and a sword. Mm-hmm. He has the options of a shield on top of that, which we won't be using. We're not applying any upgrades to these characters. And he has heroic strike and heroic strength. Now, in the normal strategy battle game, as you had to play him more broadly, he has the Orcish Brawler rule, which when he is outnumbered during a fight, he gains the bonus of plus one to both his fight and attack values. Which is so, awesome. So, uh, models that are supporting do not count as, uh, in the fight for working out if they're outnumbered, so he needs to be in contact with two models. Uh-huh. So, it's actually a really good rule. Um, it is the rule we were potentially contemplating uh, allowing him to use in this case, because, you know, Shagrat's a lot bigger than him. Um, <laughs> but we decided not to. We're going to play it as it lays, and unfortunately, uh, that may end up with the being a disadvantage. <laughs> this is—I sh- I should add. This is before we decided who was using who as well. It wasn't me going. No, yeah. you're not using those rules. It's um, we we haven't we you know we have we haven't balanced off the other fights. Um, so. It just seems let's, yeah. let's use them as they are. <laughs> as we said before, we may we may we may adjust this slightly. We may adjust it so that you know that maybe they start a little bit away apart and they have to for priority. So that means that you could use mounted versions and people can get their charge bonuses and things, which would. But again, you just got kind of the swings around about. So so obviously, I will be using Shagrat in this little matchup. So he's a, he's also a hero of fortitude. He's the captain of Kirithungal, and he's an Uruk High. Um, so standard move six, as expected for that kind of. Uh, profile he is fight five so one more than Gorbag um shoot four and then strength five which is one more than Gorbag as well defense five three attacks three wounds for courage and then he's three might three will three fate so he is packing a lot more and he's 45 points base more he's 100 points so um 
they both got the same amount of of, of might, but um, his his extra fate there, extra two fate, should come in very very handy. And the the fact that he's wounding on fours rather than than fives should also you know really unless you roll very very well and I roll badly early on, you'd expect it to go the way of Shagrat. Um, so he has armor and a sword as well, and strike and strength and challenge, which won't really come into anything in this um, in, in this matchup. Um, again, the extras you can take, which we're not in this game, is the Shield of Kirithungal, which is a 10-point um, addition. And it basically gives him the same not-to-the-ground rule that you get with, with um, cavalry when he's charged. Um, and he can take heavy armour as well. Um, and then he has a special rule, which... Uh, again won't come into effect in this the way we play this game but he has something called blood and glory which means he can gain regain a might point if he kills a hero um you know that he, he can regain his might point if he kills uh Gorbag, but the game's <laughs> has no more to it so it won't make any difference right then so shall we get started are we uh i'm assuming we both do what we normally do and start with strike are you striking up? Right then, so I've moved the dice tray out of the way so you can't see it on the camera. Ooh. So I'm going to all four. Right then, so. That's your three, so we're equal. We are ah. equal, so we Perfect. both used the might. I'm just marking that off. Um, and so I'm rolling three attacks and you're rolling two. Come on, you six. Ooh. No, no one here. I have two sixes and a five. <laughs> <laughs> All right then, so on to wounds. So I'm looking for fours to wound, and I've only wounded with one, and I'm not spending much to move the other two up. So are you going to use your fate? Yeah, I'm definitely giving up on the fate. Uh, four plus, so yeah, I got a four. So I've go. used my fate, but I have avoided harm at least for this turn. Absolutely. So uh, once again, I am going to strike, and so will I. I'm back up to eight again. Versus your seven. Ah, yeah, so makes it better. This this could be more important, right then. So four, four high. Yeah, me four, four high, high as well. Oh. Right, so right, well, do I want to? Hmm, no. Do I want to use a mic to make sure? No, I won't. I won't. Let's 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 give it give the give the game a little chance to last a little bit longer and things. Let's go for it. Oh, I'm gonna use my last point of my to knock it out to a five so would you like to use a point of faith sir um i will do go on then and i've saved it with a six you would wouldn't you <laughs> okay so i'm gonna be i have no more might left i've used all three points of might i'm gonna be striking my normal fight of four so i won't be striking up because there's no points i'll save my might for later on because it'll be a high fight so let's go uh, oh god six. Well, I'm, even with <laughs> I've got a roll of two and two ones, so even with a might, I'm not going anywhere. With that, so over to you. Come on, you fives. I have a six. You have so a six. A point of fate. So I will use fate and and a four up. So I've saved it again. So my fate, you're getting through my fate though. Down to one point of fate left. Ah, interesting. It's 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 it's, it's, it's a grumpy <laughs> brawling fight right then. Oh, five high. I'm only, I've, only got a, I've only got a three, isn't it? So this is definitely not going so well today. Right. Come on, Gorbag, take the shoddy shirt. Come on. I've got a six, it's a wound, so Right, last fate. Oh. And saved it, but you've you've oh, removed oh, oh. all the fates, so we we're both on zero fate as well, mate. So dear me. It's a real brawl going on. on. <coughs> ah, well I've got sixes in that role, so <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay, come on, fours. Ooh, I've got two fours. 
there's nothing I can do about it. And uh, yeah, as it, as it goes down in the, uh, he's been kicked through the uh, trap door into the midst of the uh, orcs <laughs> and Murakai below. It's good but, though. Uh, it's, it 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 shows that. No, well, it's as it expected. We had a few rounds of combat there. You, it shows that when you you roll really badly for like two or three turns in a row for for your striking, your um, you can you know anyone can get to the point where they have a chance to to beat you. But um, yeah. Well, um, think of imagine what forty five points worth of uh, orcs with spears might have done to that combat. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, yeah, it balances out, doesn't it? And this it shows how well balanced the the game is that, it, and even. When you're the underdog, Corby put up a bit of a fight. It's a fair play. Yeah, I, I thought it was. And it, uh, there's been a few of these that 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 they've all had. A, both both profiles have had a chance to win. It's not completely out of the the range of possibilities. There'd be certain matchups in the game where you just think, well, they've got far too much resource. So even if they have a bad round or two, um, they can they can pull through it. Um, but even this, all, all it would have taken is you know one one good turn really. Well, you probably need two two good turns in a row. To, I think it was your um, when you were getting wounds, you were only getting one each time, um, and my fates worked each time as well. Rather than I didn't, so, didn't. so there was quite a lot of luck in. But so when I was unlucky with the the strike rolls, I was you know more than average on the fate rolls and things. So um, yeah, balances out well. But good fun. <laughs> good fun i'm looking forward to the next one actually um it's a bit more uh, less grubby and more of a high a high-end battle between two well i say one great leader and and one plucky aowen yes <laughs> is that the politest thing to say um we haven't really discussed how we do it whether we whether we have a a certain uh, short person with hairy feet involved in that fight as well we'll have to um we'll have to look at the profiles and and see whether we can whether we should make it make it more even that way um because otherwise it might be a little have bit time they had a proper scrap mm-hmm. uh, and had, uh, sorry mary had done his done his duty on that one and wounded him yeah so- yeah, yeah, absolutely. We'll 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 discuss it and see whether see whether there's any chance at all of her doing anything without him, and then what it what it kind of does to the matchup with with him in there as well. Probably not a lot. <laughs> it all things are possible in the middle of a strategy battle game. So absolutely, absolutely. Right. Well, we'll uh, we'll we'll catch you after the short break. And thank you for making it to the end of another show. Just here to say goodbye as usual, give a few shout outs and so on. So Dan, who would you like to shout out before we sign off? Well, the usual suspects. So uh, everyone who's uh, interacted with us on the Facebook group or on our Instagram channels, uh, anyone who's emailed in with suggestions, obviously Ben and Steve for coming on today and uh, just in general for everyone who supports us. So yeah, thank you fantastic stuff um but yeah i haven't really got anything as special for the end anything i've seen or done or if i have i've completely forgotten what was going to uh who i was going to shout out um but um yeah go and check out all the other um content providers out there there's loads going on on youtube and quite a few podcasts as we've already mentioned so go and go and check them out 
usual stuff from me um please please do head over to our uh, social media and um follow us like us and share us and all those things on there it does um it does help the show really does um when people go to our page and see likes it you know it shows that uh people are listening to us and there's like i said before there's a lot more people listen to us than that have liked the page so if you do listen to us and you are on facebook and you don't mind showing your nerd cred by uh outwardly liking something that people on your phone might see on your facebook then please head over and give us a like we really appreciate it join our group and get involved in the conversation um it's a nice friendly group on there obviously there are lots of other groups that um, you could post your middle earth stuff in but as i said before sometimes smaller groups it's easier to sort of pretty much see the whole conversation that's going on rather than um what algorithm facebook pops to the top um from from gbhl or something like that as, as awesome as they are um head over to instagram as well check us out on there we've got uh, a growing growing group of people following us on there and it's really really good and then check out twitter very very sort of small amount of people on there which is, is fair enough but i do like to have all kind of three major social medias covered because not everyone uses them all um we won't be doing tiktok you'll be pleased to know <laughs> i'm uh, i think i'm officially in the wrong age group for uh, for tiktok i think dan you might even be as well i think we're... um i hope i hope i am to be honest with you <laughs> i really sincerely do it's a blight upon humanity i'm old enough to not understand it <laughs> which says it all really um you don't want to understand it i, I understand <laughs> it and yet i don't still don't really <laughs> understand it <laughs> uh, there's, um, there's something i haven't really asked people to do before i thought i might as well because you hear on lots of other podcasts but if you do listen to us on itunes if you can head over and give us a positive review that will be great because it does also help the show um helps people find you when they search lord of the rings and things like that in the search engine the more people that have reviewed the show it does help them pop up um but other than that just get in touch any any um heroic death matches that you would like to see get in touch we've had quite a few people contact us with some with some requests which is brilliant um if you have any other questions anything you'd like to see or hear on the show anything you'd like us to discuss any ideas just get in touch send us a letter it's really really good to hear from you um and you can email us directly at uh, ootfp podcast at gmail.com if you're not on social media so thank you very much for listening and we'll catch up with you soon Run!